Nothing's changed, huh? Nope. Nothing will. Coming to you live from my closet. <laughs> it's the second semi annual Crowny Awards. Da 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 and triumph achieved for the highest honor in Kingdom Hearts podcasting. <laughs> Who will be the winners? Let's listen and find out. Ah, to the applause of invisible crowds everywhere. Ah, welcome, everyone, to. Kingdom Hearts by Hearts, the exciting finale part. Yes, yes, yes. I know, I know. It's a very emotional episode. We've 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 reached the end of the road for old Kingdom Hearts dose, mm-hmm. but we're gonna give it the sin off it deserves. I'm your host for the evening, Kevin, joined by my. Golden statue of a man, Marshall. Is that Mickey Mouse wearing Gucci? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> he's, he's. It's hard to tell underneath all the zippers, but I think so. Mm. Um, oh. Yeah, and yeah. It's a big wrap-up episode where we give out uh, arbitrary awards to sum up our thoughts on the game as a whole. And yeah, it's it's exciting. So I looked back, and we started our first Kingdom Hearts two episode was episode twenty eight. This is episode fifty six. Oh damn! So pretty much half of our podcast has just been this game, which seems appropriate. It's a big, it's a big boy. It's a big, big boy chungus, game. Yeah, pretty chunky. Yeah, so. Mm, I just love these nice round even numbers we're working with. It's really appeals to the numerology numerologist <laughs> in me. I think that's a thing. Let's just Number. Go yeah. So, yeah. Uh, for those of you, for the real ones who have been around since the beginning, or slash have caught up on all the episodes thus far, which mm-hmm. I imagine will be most people, I don't see why you would listen to this and not the Kingdom Hearts 1 episodes. Uh, I, uh, I, I wouldn't blame you for skipping calm, but... Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I was about to say, it's the equivalent of reading your review, but not actually caring what the article says, and just skipping to the end to get the number score. Yeah. I mean, everyone knows the Crownies are the most highly anticipated award mm-hmm. this side of Chalice Jeff River. Game Awards. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So... Much like we did, how we did for KH one, uh, we're gonna do some some rankings and this fine episode. So we're gonna give our definitive world rankings, but then uh, because Kingdom Hearts two, uh, you know, adds a little extra sauce to things, we're going to rank the organization thirteen, <laughs> and 
And then Juicy. we shall move on to the Crowny Awards. So we've got quite a packed schedule, so I think we should just jump in. Yeah. So, world rankings. So the way we did this, again, similar to how we did for Kingdom Hearts 1, um, we both ranked the worlds from 1 to 14. Uh, we combined Disney Castle and Timeless River because they're basically the same world. Um, so there's 14 worlds in our book. Yeah. Um, and then I just assigned points. Uh, our number one world would get 14 points. Our number 14 would get one point. So the point amount is the inverse to the position. And then we tally them up and then we re-rank them based on our total cumulative points mm-hmm. to come up with a sort of a compromise list. Um, so that's our rubric and going through and tying them up. I noticed we were pretty, pretty spot on, um, like none of our answers. Well, not none, but most of our answers were pretty close. Only like one or two spots off from each other. Um, so we're pretty, pretty in sync with our yeah. opinions. Yeah. Actually, sorry, scratch that. We were pretty similar on organization 13 for worlds. <laughs> we diverged in certain paths, but our top spots were pretty close. Yeah. Um, but who we deemed the bottom is where, so we're going to start throwing hands. So, here's yeah. the, here's the controversial list right out of the gate, y'all. Here's the juice. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. One through 14. In number 14, the, the bottom of the, st- of the barrel, the, uh, the constellation, um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to think of like the, the, uh, the Pete's squad award. I don't know. The wooden the Pete's sword. Punch, the wooden the Pete's, sword. Oh no, that's good. That's good. That's good. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to go with that. The wooden sword receiver. Is Pride Lands? Yeah, I don't like Pride so, Lands. Uh, yeah, you were you were much more harsh on this one than I was. So yeah. you had it in dead last. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a little kinder, but it was still I I had it in number eleven. So. Or number 10. Um, so I wasn't going to defend it too much. But, um, yeah. Um, yeah, why don't you, why don't you speak to your, your hatred for this world, since you had the stronger <laughs> opinion here? I was about to say, hatred's a strong word uh, towards mm-hmm. the second visit. It is, it is a little bit of a hatred. It's, Pride Lands is yeah. a very interesting concept. It is a transformation world, so we get... A- access to Lion Sora, but then also lose a lot of things in the process. And so I do like Lion Sora. I wish he had more. I wish that he had more arsenals and tools in his move set because there's there's like a fledgling of a good idea. Like a lot of his uh, combos. I, I I guess the equivalent of whatever horizontal slash is, or however horizontal slash translates into. Lion Sword yeah. when he just kind of does a cyclone attack in midair. Like, there, there's there's a premise there. It just kind of doesn't go far enough, in my opinion. And okay. that that's one, because you're locked into Lion Sword. The only thing you get is we get running tackle halfway, or dash, whatever you prefer to call it, uh, halfway through uh, the first visit. 
And so it, then it just turns into Tokyo Drift and how fast can I get to the end? So I think, when yeah. it, I think when it becomes, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, just let me fucking get to the end, then all the fun just kind of gets sucked out of it. So unfortunately that is why it is a dead last for me. The world design is, I mean, it's accurate, but I, a, a little to be desired, yeah. But I like yeah. the like the Pride Lands, like the Savannah itself, like the big the big circle area where it's just the exit to like Pride Rock, Elephant Graveyard, and um, the Wildebeest Valley. Like that does not need to be seven kilometers long, but it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was a little kinder, uh, but most of my points came from just, you know, A for effort. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I appreciate that tried something different, um, and, you know, the the animalities are super cute with the boys. Um, Definitely. But, yeah, I mean, once you finish it, there's really no reason to go back. There's, there's no love lost there. Um, exactly. They really really nerfed Simba's character. He's just a big mopey sack, and I don't like him. Two times! And... Two times! Yeah. <sighs> the Ground Shaker boss is cool, though. But, yes. Yeah. Not Ugh. not my favorite by any means, so last place you go, long live the king. <gasps> oh! Yeah, so have fun. Alrighty, and number 13 uh, was my dead last world, yeah. which is Port Royal. Ding so, dong, ding dong. Yeah. I don't, I don't care for this world um, for many reasons. Uh, let's see, but number one, probably it's just, it's too dark. I just don't <laughs> like being in this world. It's not a fun time. Yeah. Um, the world design's pretty dull i when i think of it i just think of cave <laughs> that's kind of all there is to it there's cave and then there's town and then that's 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 kind of it um the pirates are super annoying to fight i don't like it uh it's more of a headache than anything um the bosses aren't too great barbosas eh. and then the grim reapers eh. um points for having you know luxor in the second visit it's kind of cool to see an yeah. organization member in Disney World. But yeah, other than that, not not a lot here that I <laughs> for. And yeah, like the way the story's paced out in the first visit especially is super tedious. Um, so, would, you, would you like yeah. to go to Isla de Muerta and then run it back yeah. immediately? Do you want to do yeah. it again? It, yeah. yeah, it's like the deep jungle of cage two where it's yes. just ping ponging back and forth between God. the two destinations. Mm. So yeah. Number thirteen you go Get out of here. Yeah, I was uh actually kind of similar to talking about the Prime Lunch just now. Port Royal is my number nine. And I think I like Port Royal for the reasons you like Pride Lands. I appreciate the the effort. Yeah. It is still the most jarring world in my opinion. It's not yeah. wholly negative, but it does bring it down a lot because it is incredibly realistic in a Kingdom Hearts game where nothing needs to or is very realistic. You know, it's, it's very much its own art style, unfortunately. And uh, it's 
it's interesting to see where Pirates of the Caribbean goes from here in terms of Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, luckily, things only get better from here. But, yeah, Port Royal uh, is interesting, but could also be a lot better. So. Yep. Bye-bye. Number 12. Land of Dragons. Woo. I uh, <laughs> Um... Yeah, I don't really have too much to say about this. I think this just ended up here just for being bland. Um, yes. The next few worlds all have a little something something to them. But yeah, I think of the Disney worlds, it's one of the more forgettables. Um, just by virtue of like being the first world. So it's kind of like the Wonderland, but. Yep. I ranked it a little higher because I do. Well, <laughs> I say I like the Storm Rider fight. Uh, I do have problems with it, but it is it is memorable in any case. Yes. But, yeah, uh, uh, it's just the Mulan world. <laughs> it's yeah. fine. It doesn't do anything <laughs> particularly well. It's not particularly bad, but yeah, I don't have any strong opinions to advocate for it to go me, higher. So Me neither. It was my second to last, just in the fact that it's kind of unremarkable. So, like, Stormrider yep. fight is interesting. The Mulan and Shang dynamic, I mean, it's, it's adorable in, in, in any media. Um, because a Shang no understand how women work. Ha ha. Is funny. <laughs> but other than that, eh, it just kind of exists. Like, yep. I guess I do, when I think of the organization, Land of Dragons kind of comes to mind in terms of KH2. Because we, st- on, on the second visit... When we get the breadcrumbs of the organization being an app, being living, breathing individuals, it kind of starts with Land of Dragons mm-hmm. second yeah. visit and the Ziggy and Riku kind of a, I wouldn't say interaction, but crisscross at that point. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. It gives you a tiny morsel of ooh, there's going to be plot in the second visits, and mm-hmm. then the rest of the worlds are like, mm, not really. Yeah, but. exactly. Yeah, Land of Dragons. Uh to the to the uh <laughs> to uh the bottom of the avalanche with you. What do you ah! <laughs> All right, another eleven is Agraba <laughs> That was my lackluster lackluster confetti sound effect. Um, so this was my second to last. Yeah. Um when I think of tired worlds that are revisited and just feel very by the numbers and boring and played out, uh, I think of Agra, specifically KH2 Agra, because, yep, not a lot going on here. <laughs> um, it's just the return of Jafar, which is kind of just the first game story. And this is that go to the Cave of Wonders, do a thing. Come back to Agrabah. Well, I guess you don't come back to Agrabah in the first game, but it's yeah, just but yeah, it's close that, enough. It's boring. <laughs> yeah, like, with the other returning worlds, there's at least something kind of different for the most part. Uh, we'll get to that when we get to that with each world. But here, it just all feels very samey. Like I guess the one claim to fame is the second visit. You get to go on a magic carpet ride. But too bad the magic carpet ride kind of sucks. So, <laughs> and both the bosses suck: the Blizzard Lord and Fire Lord, eh, and then Genie Jafar. Ooh, um, 
yeah, I just don't care for this world. It's super bland. Um, yeah. <laughs> well. Uh, yeah, this is like a middle of the road for me. Uh, it's <laughs> it's what if Mulan's meh was be- was better. Like uh, like Agrabah's smack dab in the middle of number seven for me. So it does a, it does a lot of things cool. I think I like traversing the environment in Agrabah. That's kind of its claim to fame. I hmm. I always I always feel like the Cave of Wonders got a downgrade. Oh yeah, but, but I, I think KH one Cave of Wonders is just there's more to interact with. Uh, yeah. Whereas the landscapes in KH two Cave of Wonders are just more enjoyable. Like, uh, I mean, every room is like, here's gray brick, here's gray brick. Oh no, you fell down. Nothing but water. Oh my god, which blue, which dark chamber am I in? Whereas two, yeah, it, 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 yeah, it feels like it, it feels more lively. Like there is uh, <laughs> what I always refer more to the scenery. yellow brick road. Yeah, which is the first area. Then there's the the statue waterfall mini game. Mind you, towards the end, it becomes this empty void when you do the. Uh, platform falling challenge and then you go into the actual treasure room but uh yep. there there's something there i do enjoy the magic carpets the first time like as you get to traverse around the ancient ruins at least um carpets return trip i think it's an interesting mini game it's not fantastic but it's mildly enjoyable but yeah it's uh it's it, it's very neutral in my opinion um yeah that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. If only Aladdin had a fourth wish, so he could end up higher in this list. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know who did end up higher in this list? <laughs> to the shock of many, perhaps uh, number ten. Atlantica. Oh. Swim this way. We'll dance and we'll play. I'm sure many people are surprised that this wasn't dead last. Yes. Um, myself included. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I... We talked about this in the Atlantic episode. I feel like this world gets a worse rip than it deserves. I totally yeah. get it. If it's not your thing, uh, it just happens to be our thing, sort of. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... Hmm. <laughs> now I'm starting to question my decision. Uh, <laughs> similar to Pride Lands, uh, I just like to give it points for trying something new. Um, yeah. And the mini games are hardly harmless enough. And I mean, Ursa's Revenge. Need we say more? Ursa's so, Revenge. Yeah, I don't have a problem with this world. It's fun enough to go through it the first time and then never look back. Um, but yep. it's not. It's not top tier by any means. So yeah. and also it's just a minigame world and those can only get so far in these things. So Exactly. Uh, it's I mean it's, it's the reason that we pick on uh Port Royal and Pride Lands is a little jarring for just to be from like, Alright, to swim this way well da 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 I do like uh I at least like um what is the last song? I'm blanking on the last song in um a new day is dawning. Okay. Yeah. I at least appreciate that because it does the it does I think what good gameplay should do and that it 
incorporates all the previous um, rhythm Here's mechanics everything to you've one learned. song. Yeah, it's it's like, hey kid, do you remember this? But in, in one world, and I think it's. I mean, to be fair, this time we both just kind of like slammed Atlantica as soon as we kind of got all the upgrades that we needed. But yep. I think Atlantica is also pretty space. I think it's spaced out pretty evenly. Like it's yeah, uh, exactly. okay. We'll be gone for like a few hours. We'll be come back. Like it, there is reason. I mean, to be fair, every time you get the proper upgrade, once you've done the song, the game kind of was like, "Hey, what's what's going? On? Don't forget what's going on over here." Um, so yeah. I think it's I think it's evenly placed. It's not fantastic, but I am a sucker for rhythm games, and this is yeah. It's a, we we it's talked about it, but a it's not really good rhythm game. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's the most bare bones rhythm game ever. But uh, yeah. we take those. Yeah. So Atlantica, number 10. And coming in at number 9. The better out of the minigame worlds. Yeah. Wood. Just inching out. Um, yeah, not much to say here. Uh, same rule applies. It's a minigame world, so I, I couldn't in good conscience put it above any of the other worlds to follow. Um, but that is to say, it's... Leagues ahead of KH1's Hundred Acre Wood, as yeah. we said in our episode covering it. Um, and yeah, the minigames are so pretty decent. Yeah. <laughs> if they're if they're um, memorable. If, if some can be mildly annoying, but they all stand out at least. Like, I like I have a very yeah. hard time remembering KH1's minigames, whereas two, it's like clockwork. Like, I might have to think for a second, but then everything floods back. Yeah. Exactly. And it's always fun just hanging out with those goons and having a good, wholesome story of friendship. So, hey. 100 Acre Wood. You did it, kid. Not bad. Not bad. Mm-hmm. So, coming up next, which holds the special distinction of being yeah. the one world that we agreed on exactly. Um, and it happened to end up on the same spots between both lists, which I. I'm trying to figure out the math, if that would be the case anytime we put the world in the same spot. Uh, I guess it would be. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but at number eight, uh, Beast's Castle. Ooh. So we're, we're, we're getting, getting close to the middle now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd say of like the lower half, like the lower tier of Disney Worlds, uh, this is probably the best in that... It, yeah, it's not too exciting. It's not too crazy in any one particular area. Yeah. But it's fun enough to explore. Um, you know, Beast's a good boy. Uh, pretty decent story beats with him. Yeah. Um, and it has some pretty solid boss fights uh, in both visits. Obviously, with Zaldin and the second visit. And, yeah, I like it for um, um, the world design, particularly, like... Um, the West Wing, I like the look of that room because mm-hmm. it's pretty different. It's pretty open from most worlds we or most rooms you see throughout the worlds. Um, and then, of course, the ballroom is also good. So, yeah, I like it. <laughs> it's good. Well, it's the best of the it's the best of unfortunately the worst. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
I'm trying to do the math in my head. Let's see. So if we were both to agree on a world in the fifth spot, then that would get that would get ten points each, and then so that would go higher. Okay. This is a lot of behind-the-scenes rambling nonsense. That's not going to mean anything to the audience. It's, but it's, the, it's the equivalent it's, of it's, like Deku muttering to himself. <laughs> Basically. But yeah. no, this is like impressive that it was both our number eight spots, and then it ended up it in the in definitive number list eight. number eight. So. Yeah. Good job, beasts. The final pedal fell just as you turned into a hunky, handsome lad. Mm-hmm. You did it. Alrighty. Number seven. This is our true middleist of the middle roads, yep. which is uh, Dizzy Castle slash Shimeless River. Do, do, um, do, do, do. This is another one we didn't we didn't quite see eye to eye. Um, so I had this ranked a little higher. In fact, it was it was slash is my favorite Disney World. Um, yeah, but yeah, I. I see why maybe you ranked it lower. Uh, but for me, it's it, it's entirely the aesthetic for this one. Um, uh-huh. I love Cuphead, if that's any indication. <laughs> so just the whole old-timey art style is just so charming to me. And I just love that this... I just love the, that the world is in the game in the first place. Like, it's kind of like a Mr. Game & Watch and Smash Bros. Like, wait, what? What's that doing here? So it's just a fun pick. Um, definitely. And kudos for being an original plot, essentially. Like, it's not based on any particular, you know, movie or pre-existing story. Like, yeah, it's based on Steamboat Willie, but I mean, there's not really a plot in that little exactly, short. Exactly. We, in fact, we watched Steamboat Willie and we're like, yeah, this, we did. there's nothing to that pull happened. from. <laughs> there's yeah. absolutely nothing to pull from. Um, Yeah. It's, uh, so yeah, I do love the aesthetic of Timeless River. Disney Castle leaves a little to desired, to be desired. Yeah. I do like, I mean, uh, the door to Mickey's throne room, the small door inside the really, really big door, uh, will forever live in my heart. But other than that, Disney Castle is pretty straightforward. Stuff. As you mentioned, Timeless River, it's good aesthetic, but unfortunately the world itself is too congested. Like I like the little the little portal doorways because they add yeah. a little bit to the the length and just the overall area size of Timeless, but unfortunately not enough for me to really really enjoy it. Yeah, it would be much better if the areas were kind of integrated naturally instead of just being here's a portal into a random room. Like if it was like just like one whole like Toontown. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I feel like they could have done that. I don't see why they had to do like the portal specifically, but yeah, I totally understand that. Um, The actual design is a little eh, but I mean, most of the designs in KH2 worlds are eh. So yeah, this one sticks out to me. Um, yeah, I and uh, I'll give one little shout out to Disney Castle. I do like the the like hedge maze room. Um, I don't know why, but that one's always been fun for me to like kind of explore and find all the treasure chests because it's got a little bit more going on in terms of like platforming and like climbing up all the bushes. So yes. I do like that. But it's yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's one of the first worlds where it's not just 
is like very very linear which is funny because yeah. the minute you go in the castle proper it does yeah. become very very linear <laughs> but yeah the hedge maze is is also a fantastic area it also i i like it's very similar to how we've uh, how we saw parts of lingering will that we'll see throughout the rest of the series we saw a, a smidgen of the hedge maze in kh1 yeah. but we really got to dig our hands into the foliage this time around and Exactly. So it's very much appreciated, especially how the because uh, there's shadows and minute bombs that appear here, uh, and I like the way they do spawn the areas. Like a lot of them spawn on on the hedge art and so on and so forth. Yeah. I forget who's got the trumpet, but like there's like two minute bombs uh, who that spawn there. There's one Disney character holding two symbols and two spawn up there, so it gets points for being on point. But unfortunately, an area size and explorability. Uh, falls a little lackluster, but still, still a good time at least. I never hate it. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty. Coming up in our uh, top tier slash upper half, and number six is our most divisive or divisive world uh, by so. far. I was pretty surprised, but uh, Twilight Town. Good old TT. Uh, so I actually rank this as my favorite world, uh, and you had it in number twelve. So why don't you, uh, why don't you explain yourself? What's going on there? <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy Twilight Town's characters. I I don't know. I felt very indifferent about TT this time around. So I, lo- I love the boys. By the boys, I mean Hayner, Pensnolet are really really fun to hang around and i do like the layout of twilight town and i really i really do like the underground other than that i don't know i it's it's uh, yeah as you can see i'm being torn asunder here on my put my maybe i should have ranked it maybe a smidgen higher i think maybe either i think maybe 10 or 11 would have been more accurate to how i how i really feel but at the end of the day, I would like... It's funny. I would like more to do in Twilight Town, despite the fact that there's absence of the wets hmm. here. There's so many mini-games here. I don't know. I, I think Probably this, the world with the most things to do. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It just it didn't resonate too much with me this time around. I think that's why it's a little low right at, at this point in time. But uh, as you can see, I'm now full of regrets now that I'm being put under pressure. And so the true me mm. is coming forth. Yeah. Let the, oh, yeah. let the jury decide your fate on this take. <gasps> um, yeah. So, I do like it. Um, so I re- referenced our world list from the first game, and I had Traverse Town and my first spot, so maybe I'm just a sucker for Cozy Town Hub Worlds. But, yeah, no, I... I think it's the strongest showing of the bunch. Um, so for me, spoiler, uh, my top three was all the original worlds. Uh, no. <laughs> which one's number two and three, you'll find out. But for me, Twilight Town is the best designed of them. Because, I mean, for me, it always comes back to um, how varied is the level design. And that, is it just a hallway or do they do something a little different? And Twilight Tune they do something a little different. Um, in fact, most rooms will have multiple exits, and even if there is just one, there's still enough variety and, like, 
the actual layouts yeah. to, like, keep it interesting. Like, I'm thinking of the woods, for example. Like, yeah, it's pretty much just a hallway, but, you know, there's, there's, there's some room to run around and explore. Um, and, like, I'm just thinking, like, the Sunset Terrace is probably my favorite room in the game. It's so cozy and mm. fun and interesting. Um but yeah, other than that, um, I mean, name a more iconic Kingdom Hearts world. Uh, you got the all the old mansion. You got the the usual spot. You got the tram common. Come on, you got the mysterious tower. Uh, yeah, it's firing on all cylinders. You got you, you got the station heights. You got the clock tower. Come on, come on, mm. come on. Um, so yeah, story is good. Um, much like Traverse Town, uh, we actually come back to visit this one a few times. So it's got the second visit with Saix and uh, Have You Seen This Kyrie? And then the third visit with, all right, it's time to march on to the organization stronghold. Um, and yeah, like we were saying, it's got a lot of side activities. Um, so Struggle is a pretty fun little mini game. But then all the other bits. Um, and it's just, it's just a good time. It's just a fun place to be in. And then... Yeah, I mean, you get pretty used to it uh, with the Roxas prologue, which maybe that's why some people don't like it, which I guess I understand, but I do like it, so for me, mm -hmm. it works. So, yeah, Twilight Town, classic Kingdom Hearts locale. You love to see it. Um, rest in peace and peace uh, for the terrible fate that is to befall you in Kingdom Hearts 3. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry you had to live to see this. <laughs> Oh yeah. Uh but yeah, number six. I will I will let you go in peace. <laughs> <laughs> but number five, scaring up a high score is Halloween Town. Ooh. Yeah, Halloween Town good. <laughs> uh yeah, we let's see, let's see, let's see. Um I ranked it a little lower than you, but not by too much. But mm. I would say it's one of the better Disney worlds. Um, and I think, honestly, I think a lot of it just comes down to like the addition of Christmas town. It's just so mm -hmm. chef's kiss in terms of like, that's how you do a sequel um, in terms of like bringing back a world. Like there's a whole other sub world to it basically. Yeah. Um, and then the change in the outfits on top of that is just in final mix. Anyways, is Thank just you, another little feather and the old Santa hat. Um, but yeah, it's a good time. Um, I like the aesthetic, obviously, of Halloween Town. Um, I, let's see, I think it's, I think the plot one for the first visits in terms of like, you know, redoing the movie plot, it's more exciting than the usual Disney World because for the most part, it's just, hi, it's our friends. Let's do the thing. We did the thing. Eh. And, I mean, that's still kind of what this is, but just the fact that Christmas Town is a thing and that it's exciting for the characters and, like, it's this mm -hmm. whole new area makes it exciting for the player. At least I think so. Uh, so it feels like there's just a little bit more going on. Um, you do get Maleficent coming back, for better or for worse. Yep. Uh, I'll let you be the judge of that. <laughs> but yeah, I, I like the, the boss fights a lot for this one. Um, yeah, Oogie is a lot of Between the fun. kids. Yeah. yeah. Oogie's a good time. The experiment's a good time. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I like a dish world. Any other thoughts? 
on the pumpkin king. It covers pretty much everything. It's it it's a <laughs> it's not jarring. I mean, it's literally Halloween Town complements Christmas Town and vice versa. Like it's still it's still the same art style, obviously, because it's from the same movie. But it's not. It, it it is night and day, but without being a harsh shift, which I think I yeah. think is very appreciative. So you have your you have your vanilla, but you also have your chocolate, and they come together and make a wonderful swirl. So yeah, it's Halloween Town's a fun time. Um, some of the mini games here are good. I gift wrapping. Yeah, uh, gift wrapping can feel don't spoil it. <laughs> the mini games will get their time. But yeah, uh, I agree. <laughs> yeah, I kept rapping was fun. I think I had fun with this. I won't say anything more, but like I really enjoyed the the Santa Workshop skate rave. So Halloween Town just overall a good thumbs up. Yeah, good time. Alright. Coming up. Just ooh, barely eked out of the top three. So sorry. Uh but kind of surprising to me, number four is Olympus Coliseum, which, yeah, we were, again, pretty close on this one. I ranked it a little lower. Um, but, yeah, I think this is the one of the better Disney worlds, which is funny, because thinking back on it, I feel like I don't like this world a lot. But I think what I really don't like is just the actual Coliseum portion. Um, but that's actually a pretty small part of the world. Everything else, like, there's, there's there's a pretty good amount going on. So, uh, very similar to Halloween Town, uh, just the addition of the underworld is pretty fun. So, you get to see a whole new side of this world, um, which it may get a little repetitive um, going through all the dark rooms. But, unlike, you know, Port Royal, which I didn't like that... Um, I don't know. I feel like there's a, a bit of variety here uh, between mm-hmm. the different sections of the underworld. Um, but, like, the plot's good. Uh, you know, kudos for having Oren, of course. Uh, I feel like he carries a lot of the story department. Um, but, yeah, it's just a good time, especially for the first visit. I just feel like like so much happens. Like, it feels more eventful than the usual Disney visit. Um yeah. And it caps off with the Hydra boss fight, which is pretty exciting. Um, and then, yeah, second visits, again, focus on Oren, but it feels a little more interesting because there's a little more at stake with, you know, the whole free will thing. Um, uh, loses a few points for Mopey Hercules. Don't care for that. But... Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, this is, I don't know. I feel like this world's pretty fun to go through the story. Um, and yeah, you get the quick little Demix appearance, which as we've established, anytime an organization member shows up, it's usually pretty fun, even though he doesn't do a whole lot. But still, it's like, hey, kids, it's Demix. So, yeah, I was a little surprised by how high this one ended up, but in hindsight, I'm okay with it. <laughs> of course you are. Um, yeah, this was, so this is our definitive four. It is also my number four. I think, yeah. Uh, the same points overall. The underworld feels pretty samey, but uh, we, I mean, we just talked about Halloween Town and Christmas Town, and I feel like even though Olympus Coliseum is just that, it's so much more as well. 
It's we we spent all our time in KH one at least, and then like, a little bit in calm, just exploring Olympus. This time we got to see what lies underneath. So it was yeah. it was like, hey, here's this world we know and love, and these characters we've seen before, but a whole different side to everything. So I think that that was appreciated. And like yeah. like like you said, Oren, ugh, Oren, you love to see appreciated. it. <laughs> yeah, so. Good on ya. It turns out you are a real hero. <laughs> now, for our actual number three, uh, which is our highest Disney World, for those who are keeping count, you've already mm-hmm. figured it out. But it is Space Paranoids. What a fuck. So, yeah, seriously. Uh, so let's see. You ranked this higher than I did. You had it in your number two. Yep. Um... I had it in my number five, which is to say it was my second favorite Disney World behind Timeless River, um, which is, is, you know, nothing to sneeze at. I still think it's a pretty solid world. Um, Yeah, no, I do like it a lot. Um, So it checks off the same box for Timeless River for me, just in terms of, like, the aesthetic, like... It's way different than any of the other worlds, but unlike Port Royal, it's not jarringly different. Like, it yep. still makes sense. <laughs> Which, maybe the boys' outfit change uh, helps with that. Um, I think so. But yeah, it's a it's a fun aesthetic, I think. Um, it's got the whole 80s retro thing, but like in a video game setting, especially for like the PS2 style of graphics, like I feel like it just really works. Um, so it's just fun to explore, um, in terms of level design, it's not super complicated, but, um, it's still interesting enough to kind of run through, um, but I think for me where it really excels is just the story, um, which as we covered in the actual Space Paranoids episode, Mm. it's basically the only Disney World that has any sort of bearing on the main plot, which is, you know, extra credits for you, um, and it also continues um, across the first and second visit. Like, they're two halves of the same story as opposed to being, like, completely detached from each other. Um, mm-hmm. So that's good to see. And, yeah, I really like uh, the boss fights. And I'll say no more on that. <laughs> um, <laughs> and Tron's a good boy. He's my favorite uh, Disney ally. Because, again, he kind of goes through a mini character arc. Who would have thought it? So, Singing yeah. Tron? Dancing Tron. Dancing Tron. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tron the movie? Pretty bad. Tron yes! the wor- Tron the game, the world, the Kingdom Hearts? Pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> um, anything else to add on that note? Um, yeah, I think you covered all the plot points. It's such an interesting aesthetic. Um, Light Cycle is... <laughs> it exists. It does indeed exist. <laughs> That's about it. But yeah, like, there's no... Like, I, when I look back at Space Paranoids, it's one of the few worlds where I look at it, and there's no... I have nothing negative to say about it. It's just it's enjoyable from start to finish. Yeah. Some parts are better than others, a thousand percent, but at least it... I don't know, it's consistent. The entire world. Yeah. To some, to some degree. So, it, it, just, it gets points for being good. Yeah. Alrighty, clutching out to the number two spot. So mm-hmm. close, yet so high. 
is Radiant Garden, uh, the world formerly known as Hollow Bastion. Ooh. Um, yeah, I mean, is there anything to say here? Radiant Guardian, I'm sure a lot of people would say it's their favorite, and that is completely valid. Yeah. Um, it's basically the main plot world, because the whole exciting middle part happens here. Mm-hmm. Lots to talk about. I mean, it, it houses two other worlds, between 100 Acre Wood and Space Paranoids. Yep. Um... It's got the Sephiroth fights. It's got the Cavern of Remembrance. It's got mm-hmm. all the Data fights. Um, and it's... I don't know. It's kind of... Uh, I don't know. I was going to say it's the hub world. It's it's kind of a toss-up between that and Twilight Town. I feel yeah. like Raiding Garden is kind of the hub world. For me, anyway, I would definitely revisit this one more than Twilight Town, even though I like Twilight Town better. But, like, I mean, I guess by virtue of, like, the first half of the game just locking Twilight Town off, <laughs> uh, Raiding mm-hmm. Garden is kind of the hub world by default. Um, and you do revisit Raiding Garden a couple more times, I feel, between, um, you know, the Hundred Acre Wood and then the Space Paranoids visit. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, similar to Space Paranoids, I really don't have anything bad to say about it other than of the three original worlds... Um, well, actually, not only that, I was going to say, it's pretty linear, and it is, but at least there's, you know, a couple of forking paths um, mm-hmm. to keep it a little more interesting. But, yeah, main plot world, I mean, obviously this one was going to go far, but it didn't quite mm-hmm. clutch it. Um, see, it was my number two, it was your number three, so. Yeah. Huh? Any other thoughts on this it's beauty of a world. Yeah, Radiant Garden benefits. Well, it, it's 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 it gets a lot of high marks, but it's it's almost like too much of a good thing. Like right, right, like RG is just so packed with a lot of content that it can yeah. feel a, a, a bit much. Like there's there's literally there's more of it, so there's more to criticize. Because some of the areas are interesting, some can be a little boring, but it's yeah. it, it's the fact that it has so much into it. That gives yep. it some high marks, but also can can bring it down in some areas. But that's again, that's because there is literally so much, as you described, crammed in here. But at the end of the yep. day, it's 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 still it's still a pleasure and a joy uh, yeah. to come back to Radiant Garden. So yeah, and just by virtue of it, you know, being <laughs> the final. I mean, by all intents and purposes, the final world of the first game, like you know, the mega gauntlet of you know the villain's mm-hmm. lair um, to then be flipped to, yeah, this kind of cozy abode that we're, like, reconstructing. It's just really fun in itself. So, like, yeah, Rennet Garden, another classic world in the series. <laughs> it's not the last time we've seen, we'll see this one. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, good job. Congratulations to the Hall of Bastion Restoration Committee. Uh, which leaves our final spots, which again, for those of you who are keeping count, slash those of you who have any sort of common sense, um, <laughs> this shouldn't be too surprising. It's the world that never was. Eh. <laughs> um, yeah, again, I-, I think between the three original worlds, I think that would be most people's favorite picks uh, for Kingdom Hearts 2. Um, <laughs> but I feel like 
most people would say the world that never was between those three. Um, yeah, I had it as my number three. You had it as, you had it as your number one. So I'll one let baby. you. I'll let you take the mic. It's. I think for me, it overcome at least in this instance. It jumps above Radiant Garden because it is. It's new and it's. I would say I don't know. It's just fresh. Like the aesthetic yeah. is just ooh. It oozes out of every nook and cranny. We, in retrospective, we don't get to go very far. Like, um, to, to be fair, the world itself is a lot of different rooms and areas, and each has a flair that matches it. Like, the, the progression from walking out of Dark City uh, across the uh, <coughs> plot armor, or uh, <laughs> the, day, the Deus Ex mocking a light bridge, to get to the actual castle and the actual like aesthetic of the castle is just, I think it's just a home run from start to finish and very akin to how we talked about Radiant Garden is now and is, will become a legacy world. I think here, World That Never Was gets a big boost in my opinion for being like the opposite of that, of like, it's very artistic and stylized and in your face and new. So it, I think it stands out more and, and to be fair, where a lot of the, a lot of Sora plot-heavy things happen in Radiant Garden, other times we zoom in on the organization, and basically all the uh, story that is jam-packed into the last two to three hours of the game happens in the world that never was. So we get these cool yep. revelations and character moments and so on and so forth. So it just it just gets to be real good at the end of the day. Yeah, well said. Um, yeah, it's just a solid final world. It's like the op- complete opposite of End of the World in almost every way, uh, which is very intentional. Um, but, yeah, it's just a good time from start to finish, as you said. Um, the only reason I knocked it a little bit is, like I said, it's the most linear of the three. Like, it really is pretty much just one straight line from start to finish. Um, taking a couple of detours and the um, proof of nothing to fight Sykes and Luxord. But, mm-hmm. I mean, it's the organization boss gauntlet, so that's a fun time. And then, yeah, everything else is just ending excitement. Um, and, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I'm just thinking of your point of, like, we don't see a lot of it because... We do see more of it in another game, and I'm curious, like, how that geography fits in, because <laughs> the castle is pretty huge, but we only yep. see a very small part of it, um, yeah. but <laughs> that's no real knock against this game. Um, yeah. yeah. Solid number one. Can't complain. The world that never was is the world that always is the best ding, in our ding, hearts. Ding, 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 ding. Yay! So there you have it, folks. What do you think? What was your biggest upset? Do you mm. agree? Disagree? Well, keep listening before you start unleashing your non-existent comments because this is a podcast, not a YouTube video. <laughs> Alrighty. So, now that the world rankings are over, why don't we shimmy on over to the organization rankings? <laughs> Slide to the left. Crisscross. Yeah. So, we got 13 of these bad boys. 
and bad go. Gasp. And yeah, this is the list where, for the most part, we were pretty, pretty close in our estimations. Um, so yeah, let's just jump right in. Yeah. Number thirteen. I don't think this is going to surprise anyone. Is Lexius. <laughs> <laughs> um, because he's just a big old boring rock. I mean, what is there to say, really? What is there to say? What if Geodude was a character in Final Fantasy? That's Lexius. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, um, unfortunately, I guess so. He gets no time to shine between here and Calm. Yeah. But mind you, he, uh... I guess, at the end of the day, Riku's story in Calm and Recom is much shorter than Sora's story at the end of the day. So Lexius yep. kind of gets no time to shine. He is just, I am the stoic badass one, but also the first to die in Riku's story, I think. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he, does, just... he literally gets less screen time and is just an absence of the wedding, too. So I yeah. think he gets less. He literally gets the least amount of development uh, out of all of the org members. Yeah, we should say that the way that we're ranking this is. Based on, like, personality, um, and, you know, gameplay of, like, their boss fights, if you want. I mean, mm-hmm. basically any reason you want to sort of factor into, like, why you like this character. Uh, but it's only considering Chain of Memories and Kingdom Hearts 2. Correct. So we tried <laughs> to not let future games factor in too much, uh, but the rule we created was, like, if it's, like, personality, and you get to see that in more games... That's fine to like consider, but like mm-hmm. in terms of like plot significance or like backstory or twists, like try to like turn on blinders to those. But spoiler exactly, alert, yeah. Lexius does not get any sort of loving and future titles, so <laughs> here's where he is stay. Unfortunately. Um, I do like his boss yeah. fight, that's why he's ten for me. But other than that, we we just went over he's just Oh, I have the wall. Look at me, yeah. or don't. We, we, we won't yeah. like CS. I'm sorry, bud. Yeah. Um, for me, the way I bring... So I split this up between, like, four, uh, three tiers. Yep. Uh, or no, four tiers of, like, A, B, C, D. And for me, the D tier was basically, yeah, all the members who just didn't get a lot of screen time, so there's just not a lot to go on. Mm-hmm. And I think that's pretty accurate to what our definitive list ended up being, uh, save for one spot, which we'll get to. But coming up mm-hmm. next, fitting perfectly into that mold, is Luxord number 12. Exactly! She probably gets, like, <laughs> 10 minutes of screen time, <laughs> if that. Um, it's not, not, not a whole lot to go to him, go off of for him, but even in that amount of time, he has a lot more personality than Lexius, so I'll give him that. Exactly, but, mm, yeah. Just, just, I, just, I can't rate what's not there, my boy. I'm sorry. <laughs> you lose. Good day, sir. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Luxord is 12 on definitive. He's also my 12. He's a... Uh, 11 20. for you. So, again, pretty pretty similar ranking. He he gets some points for being sort of the inter, the, like, the interactable of Port Royal's second visit. He basically becomes part of the plot in dealing with the Grim Reaper and the Medallions, which it's something, but unfortunately besides this and the end of the game, it is all he gets. There are, yep. there are some little scenes, added scenes in Final Mix, in Where Nothing Gathers, which is the, the big organization meeting room, for anyone who doesn't know. 
but yeah, he there's still just not enough to literally grasp onto. Um, yeah. His fight, I think, is interesting, but more yeah. annoying than interesting at the end of the day. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Number 10. Number 10. Number 11. That's a typo <laughs> on my part. Yeah. Um, so number 11 is one of the few members we were a little in disagreement on is Larkseen, who mm. you have been very vocal about your dislike. Um, yeah. I, I do enjoy her. Um, one... She's the only female of the group, so again, that's just cool to me. Um, and, I don't know, she's just a bad guy, and she likes it. So, I understand for you, you find that to be grating. Uh, but, I don't know, I kind of like her psychopathic tendencies, and the way mm -hmm. she taunts Sora and Calm, because, frankly, I'm on her side. Um, <laughs> and I just, the end of this podcast... Is a as a promo from Kevin being like, Loxine did nothing wrong. I mean, Sora deserved all much. of it. Yeah, and yeah, she's got a cool fighting style. Um, her boss fights. Yeah. I mean, it beat the crap out of me, but I enjoy it. So, yeah. But also, I'm not like so attached that I would like try to raise her higher. So, number. 11 is where she belongs, which, funnily yep. enough, is not her actual ranking. Sorry, I always it's... mix the two of them up. She's actually number 12. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's close. So Oh, so very yeah. close. Yeah. But her actual ranking, in terms of how much we like her, she is number 11. Womp womp. So, any, any final parting harsh words for our girl? Uh, <laughs> get, get out of here. Um, I mean, yeah, like you had mentioned, I don't think Larkseen is a bad character per se. Like, there are a lot of the worst characters in this franchise and outside this franchise. But it, it just irritates a particular section of me, and I just go absolutely rabid for it. So, uh, unfortunately, Larkseen, <laughs> I mean, literally, triggers me a little bit. But, uh, yeah, the, the, my distaste is... Uh, purely my own opinion, and I accept everything that uh, people will yell at me about Larkseen, saying she isn't trash, like you just did, but I will still say she's trash in my eyes. So, one man's trash is another man's treasure, some person said one time. Alright, fair enough. What a shocking turn of events. Oh. <laughs> but this next one will really blow you away. <laughs> <laughs> and number 10 is Zeldin. Um, so, yeah, for me, it was honestly a toss-up between Lexius and Zeldin, because mm -hmm. they're both just the boring, stoic, you know, strongmen. Um, yeah. I get the edge to Zeldin, because... His fight's a lot more interesting, and I like it when he says, Where's the fun in this? Um, <laughs> so he's got just a, a little, little glimmer of more personality. He's like, hmm, I don't know, a little cocky, I guess. But still, there's just not a lot there to be able to say, Ah, yeah, that's Alden. That's our mm, boy. I so, love this character so much. Yeah. And he's got a cooler design, um, but... Yeah, it's all very surface level, like why I like him. Um, 
So yeah, I had him at number twelve. You had him at number ten. Um, yeah, oddly enough, on my list, right above Lexius, actually. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> same pattern but different placement for the both of us. Actually, exactly. um, Lexius is just kind of meh the entire way through. At least Zaldin yep. has a bit of uppage at the beginning. He is the first organization member who gets the name drop. He interacts yeah. with Beast and Beast Castle. Um, his but. I love, I love, I mean, back to the Larkstein hate, I really do love Zaldin's fight in concept and execution. I do want to rip my frontal lobe out sometimes, though. Uh, and also, he's a Dragoon, and that's where, that's, that's where the soft part of my heart, soft, soft part, the soft part of my heart lies. Bleh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I just wish he was a little better written, but he's not. Definitely. So this is it, where it, he very stays. interesting how you uh, compared Lexius and Zaldin and how they will appear later in the series. Uh, did That's like... very deliberate. Mm. <laughs> oh, how dare, yeah. how dare you think of what had? Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number nine. Uh, Marluxia. So... Mm-hmm. Let's see, for me, I think he he was in my C tier, so we're getting a little, we have a little more going on this tier, but yeah. still, for the most part, yeah, so, he was the main antagonist for Calm, so he's got that going on, but mm-hmm. like, aside from that, I don't know, I don't really have much to say about him, because like, I don't really remember like his lines too much, I don't have much to say about his personality, he's got long beautiful hair and he's got a scythe and he plants flowers so that's cool (laughs) and his his um his data battle is pretty fun um but yeah like as a character i don't know he's pretty dull to me but obviously he has a lot more going on than the rest of the dull boys so yeah i i I think that's what I, i kind of default to as well um, yeah. <laughs> it's funny because his uh, fights in calm his fights in here are more annoying than aggravating the calm fights definitely you know make you want to rip your hair out a little bit but at the end of the day Marluxia like you said has that much more going for him being the main antagonist of calm in terms of the org members so he gets more similar to how I kind of talked about Radiant Garden there's more to deal with but also that leaves more room for error I think is Marluxia in a nutshell as well He's memorable yeah. without being actually super memorable. Without accomplishing much, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, uh, small side note, I just like the fact that uh, he's this, he Keith Ferguson, who's this voice actor, uh, is also Reaper in Overwatch. So just two Reaper characters. Ha ha ha. Funny joke uh, here. Yeah. Also, Blue Regard Hugh Kazoo in Foster's Home for Imaginary what? Friends. Uh, this man got some range, y'all. Uh-huh. That's mm, that's impressive. So I'm usually pretty good at being able to pick out voice actors, like when they like change their voice. But like, no, I can't hear that. Exactly. Yeah, that's what makes it so good. Um, actually, that's, a pretty that's amazing. Uh, someone who's done a lot of Nintendo work the past few years uh, is definitely the voice actor for. Th- or the the VO artist for the training I am doing with some people at work. 
So I definitely what? got smacked in the face today <laughs> when I had to sit somebody down and I was like, ah, that voice sounds oddly familiar, excuse me? Listen, if this voice starts whispering in your ear, oh. just be careful, okay? You might end up with a death counter above you. It's going to be a whole thing. <laughs> Interesting. But yeah, Marluxia, number nine. Yeah. Um, number eight is Vexen. That chili so, academic emerges. Yeah. So we're starting to get to the pretty decent territory. Yep. Um, yeah, I gave Vexen points just because he just stands out more. Yep. Um, he's weird and he's awkward and he's kind of crazy and I like him for that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It, he's. He's, whereas we just made the comment Marluxia is memorable without doing nothing, Vex is memorable for doing actual things. This this man created clones in the Kingdom Hearts universe! Yeah, he actually has a pretty significant impact on the plot. Exactly, yeah. more than most organization members could say. Um, mm-hmm. So that's cool. Um, yeah, the reason I didn't rank him any higher is just because, I don't know, I don't have too much attachment to him. And like, that's the thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that kind of goes for any of the, the comm members where, like, ugh, if you weren't killed off, maybe, you know, you'd be a little higher in my book. But, like, yeah. Um, and even in comm, he's killed off pretty early. <laughs> yeah, um, he's, I think he's the first true death in The first casualty, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, he's a fun time. Um, I wish his weapon was a little more interesting. I don't really like the <laughs> aesthetic of it. Um, I'm, yeah. just, I'm just going off of everything they show us. I do like the ice elemental, but I guess mm. the shield fits his, you know, more scheming personality. Mm. Um, but like, like the actual fight, I mean, like, it's not too interesting to me. Um, so like, you know, he's a thinker, not a fighter, yeah. but yeah. In terms of his story impact, um, pretty memorable, uh, stands out a lot more than most of the characters, and yeah, he's just got an interesting design where, like, he has a very expressive face, so he's just kind of like, uh, huh, that was a choice. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Faces in the organization, so. Fixing, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Coming up next, our medalist of the road, and yeah. by my count, the only member whose ranking here matches his actual ranking. I think it's so. Sykes. <laughs> Woo! Woo! So this seems pretty appropriate to me because Sykes is kind of like the middle of the road in like every aspect. Um, I think his design is pretty good, not yeah. terribly great. Like, visually, anyways, I think his boss fight, pretty good, but not, like, super amazing. Um, his personality, again, pretty pretty straightforward. He's a little more low-key than most members, but at the same time, you know, we do get a lot more screen time with him. So we do get more of a feel for what he's about and, you know, all of his taunting Sora and being mischievous. Um... Mm-hmm. And just story impact, like, he's kind of the um, the definitive uh, number two of the org. Um, yeah. So he's got that going for him. Um, yeah, he's just more of a player um, and kind of has more of a 
um, more of an effect on the plot in terms of kind of like he's the one who spearheads kidnapping Kyrie, and he kind of mm-hmm. you know does the dirty work for Zimnis of like taking care of the uh, the undesirables, if you will. Um, <laughs> so yeah. I don't have too much to bad, too much bad to say about him. I also don't have too much good to say about him. So number seven, swear he'll stay. <laughs> Bye, buddy. Any other thoughts for our boy, our Mooney boy? Mm, covered a lot of good points. I will just reference what I referenced when we did the boss fight, and that is uh, Berserker mode. Syx is terrifying. <laughs> Never, never. It was funny. It's funny because later in the the franchise, we do get snippets or like literally a cutscene of him in berserk mode. Um, but man's character model is just terrifying. That's my one point yep. to add. Oh, that I think covered everything pretty good. Yeah, you do not want to run in to him in a dark alley under a full moon. That's for sure. Moonshine I mean, down to... upon me. <laughs> uh. So yeah. We are now in the upper half, and I'm immediately wrong because we have another member whose ranking here matches their actual ranking. Because again, I always forget, or at least mix up the rankings between <laughs> Lexius and Zexion. Zexion yeah. is the number six, um, and he's the number six in our list. So yeah, yeah, I feel like Zexion is very similar to Vexen in a lot of ways, where he doesn't have too much screen time he kind of goes out pretty early or at least you, you don't really see much of him in calm because he's mostly in riku's story if not exclusively um, yeah he's exclusively in riku's story yeah but when you do see him it's like okay get behind this guy um i don't know i just like him because he doesn't seem outwardly nefarious um so it, it makes you wonder like oh what's What's his backstory? How'd he end up here? Maybe I could yeah. change him. <laughs> Whereas, like, look at... If I had to pick two, the two of the Smarty Pants characters, it is, funny enough, when we get later in the franchise, uh, Vexen and Zexion. But Vexen is wholeheartedly who he is. There is This man does not hold back whatsoever. Whereas Zexion, there is a bit of mystery and mystique... Uh, mystique? Mystique behind him. So I think that just... It, just Makes yeah. the character that much more interesting. You know, he's not playing with a full hand. He's uh, he's withholding some information, perhaps mm-hmm. for a pivotal moment. Yeah, exactly. Um, which is very fitting of his fighting style as the cloaked schemer, um, mm-hmm. which I like. Um, I think it's interesting how he like kind of plays on illusions, and I like that his weapon is a book. That's a fun Good choice. Um, reading his power, in. Yeah, I think he's got a pretty solid design. Um, yeah. The only thing I could really say is just I wish there was more of him, which technically there is, but again, we're not factoring future games into this too much. Yep. Um, but personality-wise, he's solid in my book. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he doesn't kind of... Anytime Zexion says something, it feels... It, nothing he says feels unnecessary. Like, I'm never like, oh my god, Zexion, really? That's like, uh, <laughs> especially, I mean, that inherent mystery kind of helped, like, especially in the comp cutscenes and the the one Final Mix Plus cutscene he's in, just mm-hmm. kind of, that aura is ever-present. Because in Calm, mm-hmm. it's very much like, 
what is Riku? What can we use for Riku? Yada yada yada. Riku Riku Riku. This is pretty much Riku discovering himself in calm. And then in the one Final Mix Plus cutscene we get in two, it's Zigbar being like, Hey, sexy, you know some crap, don't you? You wanna, you wanna tell your old pad Zigbar? And he's like, absolutely not. Please leave me alone. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Like, you kind of get a sense of, like, the inner politics of the organization in that scene. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's just interesting to kind of see someone on the fringe. Um, so, yeah, he good boy. We like yeah. him. <laughs> All right. A number five. So this is another member who we were a little more divided on. Um, mm-hmm. It is Demix coming in to make a splash. So I had him as my number two. And it was actually pretty close toss up to him and my number one. Um, mm. And you had him as your number seven. But, yeah, yeah. I like Dimmicks a lot. Uh, mm. I I empathize with him the most, um, and I just like how he just doesn't care about any of this. <laughs> run, run He's away! A slacker through and through. He's just a big goofy oddball, and he's a ton <laughs> of fun. Like he, I think he has. The most personality of any of the members, um, just in terms yeah. of, like, oh, he's really going against the tide. Wait, that's not the expression. Whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, like he's kind of like a pacifist. That's just an outright coward. Um, yeah, you know, he lets his water clones do his fighting for him. Um, his water element. Uh, one of my favorite elemental types and, you know, these sorts of things. And I love his fighting style of, like, using the sitar um, to play his his malicious melodies to mess you up. Um, and when he does throw hands, like, he, he throws them. He, he hurts you. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was... I'm flashing back so to just, Data Battle, but even his second fight... Towards mm-hmm. the end, the, like the water clones definitely come out. Of, I wouldn't say come out of nowhere, but they're definitely like, "All right, kid, you think you think you, you think you can do everything in ten seconds?" And you go, like, "Oh no, I'm not sure if I can." Yeah, yeah. So like, just the fact that he is, he does try to avoid a fight, but then when push comes to shove, he'll mm-hmm. actually like wreck you. Is pretty fun to me. Exactly. And yeah. He's just the voice. Of a generation, he's the aimless millennial trying to find his lot in life, working on his creative hobby on the side while he's working a dead-end job that he oh, doesn't want to be a part of. And we stand. Uh, I knew they sent the wrong guy! But yeah. Also, his, his voice actor's performance is just... Mm. I mean, for the most part, all of them are, but his in mm-hmm. particular, who I don't know the name, and I don't know who else he's played, but maybe you have some mm-hmm. fun trivia there. But yeah, he's, it's all around a good time, and just the fact that he does have relatively low screen time compared to the, all the other members, but still like stands out so much to me. Yeah, um, exactly. It's just an accomplishment in itself, so... Yeah, he's definitely one of my favorites. I For the longest time, I did say he was my favorite, but then... When I actually sat down to make this list and thought about it, there was there was one more who was more special. Um, mm. But yeah, 
I will always love my melodious nocturne. <laughs> yeah, it's funny you mention how little screen time he gets, but how good he is. And literally look at Lexius, who is the very, very bottom of our list, who gets little screen time and doesn't really make the best use of that. So, yeah, yeah I mean, Endemix is the middle of the pack for me, but that's still good compared to the rest of the crew beneath him. For what little yeah. screen time he has, he... He excels. Besides, like, the main, I would say, like, the top four org members who are going to go on to be, like, extreme mainstays in the series, like, Demix is one of the most memorable and, like, one of the most fun and personality-filled characters, which, Mm -hmm. especially in this game, I think says a lot when we have so many main main characters. He's still, like, this little little shining star amongst the crest. Exactly. So, good for you. All right, number four is Simnis. Mm. Mm. I was going to say so uh, early, but I think this is pretty appropriate. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the three left, I mean, yeah, yeah. I think this is fitting. Um, mm. It's Simnis, so much like Radiant Garden, like what else is there to say here? He's the main bad guy. He's the big bad. He's the man in charge. He's mm-hmm. the nobody of Ansem's Secret of Darkness. Um, yeah, no, he's good. He's a fun villain. Uh, he's very intimidating. Um, he's got a menacing presence to him, um, which sort of puts you on edge. Uh, interesting fighting style. Yeah, the but like... Like I said, compared to the three we have left, um, mm-hmm. just like in terms of personality, like I can't rank him any higher because for yeah. the most part, he's nothing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I he... think is really, I think is intentional. <laughs> I think that's the point. But there's only so much monotonous droning I can take from one character. <laughs> exactly. So. Yeah, he's a <laughs> he's got a cool backstory of being. And we initially thought he was Ansem the Wise's apprentice. No, he is the nobody of Ansem the Wise's apprentice. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he, he's got a lot of... Obviously, as the big bad, he has a lot of story involvement. Xemnas, I mean, we definitely... <laughs> uh, definitely in the, the last few episodes, we've memed the ever-living heck out of him. But he does have a lot of story-driven elements. Early on, we're, we're not supposed to know it's Xemnas. But we know it's Xemnas. He feels much more ominous and threatening. Towards the end, like you just mentioned, it does become, uh, look at this monotonous droning. I'm being moody. Uh, But all in all, like still a good villain. But at the end of the day, in my opinion, usually the big bad isn't the most interesting character. It's the legions that follow him. So he serves as a figurehead. Very well, nonetheless. Yeah. Totally. All right. And now, top three. Take the bronze. Yeah, turning the key to success is Roxas. 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 Yeah, it's kind of weird classifying him as an organization member because he's basically a main character. Um, mm-hmm. But... He is an organization member, so we will rank yeah. him regardless. And, yeah, I mean, just 
in terms of character development, in terms of writing, in terms of motivation. Um, yeah, he's just way ahead of everyone else. Um, he's got a very complex backstory, uh, a bit of a tragic backstory. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just the fact that, you know, you play as him for about three hours, like you could to could really become attached to him and you understand his his wants, his desires, his fears. Um mm-hmm. He's just a good boy. And yeah, we'll be seeing a lot more of him very soon. <laughs> I thought but, I was about to say it's funny that we mention uh Ro- it's hard to imagine Rox as an organization member yeah. looks at next game <laughs> game in the series we are going to play. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll see exactly just that. But yeah, Roxas, I think Roxas was my first, like, realization of what a tragic hero is. And to, to be fair, he's not too tragic at the very end, because I would say, hmm, at the end of the day, the understanding is still there. Like, he realizes that, unfortunately, for the rest of the, pl- for, for story purposes, for the rest of the plot to advance... For the rest of the world to find and have a meaning, I must cease to exist. Really, does I think does does say a lot, and I have mixed feelings on him coming back as sort of this reawakened memory, then sort of this visage of a nobody. But he, when you think of a tragic hero, you don't yeah. think of the closure that that character gets sometimes. But he kind of does get that. And spoiler alert: we're going to see more of Roxas as the series goes on. But all, all in all, I think Roxas is still one of my favorite characters, so I, I, I gotta give it up to him. Yeah. Um, uh, retweet all of that. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's more a question of how low can we put Roxas yeah. as opposed to how yeah. high can we put him, because like, he there was going to go. be in the top three regardless. Yes. <laughs> um, so just a matter of which spot. And yeah, I think that's a good place for him. Um, yeah. He soars nobody, so he's going to mm. chase that clout. Um, mm, number two. Uh, burning a hole in our hearts is... Oh. Uh, it's Axel. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, he's hot. <laughs> um, so yeah, the two of these uh I think were meant to uh be next to each other on this list. But yeah, it's Definitely. a question of who would come out on top. In this case, we landed on Axel. So I actually had Roxas um so I had Axel my number four and Roxas my number three. Uh you had Axel your number one and Roxas yeah. number two. Um and for me, it's just as simple as, it's just, um, I was going to say the Pikachu principle, but I guess in this case, it's the Charizard principle of <laughs> everyone loves this guy. He gets plenty of attention. Um, yeah. You know, there's really not much else to say. Uh, I understand why he's good. I understand why people love him. I love him to a certain extent, but mm-hmm. at a certain point, I need to turn off the love valve and give it to other characters. So Definitely. So, yeah, for me, I ranked him a little lower because, yeah, I knew he was going to get that boost from you. Um, but, I mean, <sighs> yeah, it's it's Axel. He's still a great time. So, very similar to my two other favorites um, in terms of personality of, like, not really caring about this shit, <laughs> which I do love. 
and just kind of being like the outsider on the fringe looking in of like, wow, I'm surrounded by a bunch of insane people, but whatever. I'm just following my orders. And his his little mini redemption arc of coming to Sora's aid at the end there and helping him find Kairi, even though he's the one who kidnapped her in the first place. Exactly. Um, His turn as the traitor and then (laughs) be also being the traitor again. As in betraying the organization to the traitor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How the traitors be traitoring. But yeah. yeah. Axel just Axel's just, just just good in all regards. Speaking of the tragic hero, like Al like Al I, I keep defaulting to say Alex, unfortunately. Axel, <laughs> um he he really does get if if Roxas is more tragic, Axel is more vengeful. Because everything he does is just to see Roxas one last time. And if that ain't true love, I don't know what is. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, he fights for his friends to the end. Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, we'll have much more to say about Axel. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Stay tuned. Um, but yeah. I mean, he's a fan favorite for a reason. So... Mm. Well deserved, but there could only be one number one, yes. and for us, it was Zigbar. Ziggy. So this time, my number one came out on top. Oh. <laughs> um, but he was your number three. But yeah, it was a hard time for me between him and the mix, uh, because they both have very carefree attitudes, but. Mm-hmm where Demix ends up coming out on top is <laughs> he's very like go with the flow like laid back type but he also means business and mm-hmm. it's because he's so capable that he's able to like fuck around basically <laughs> yes <laughs> um and I respect him for that and yeah I think his personality is super fun. He's like one of the most entertaining. Like he's the first organization member we really, you know, um, have any contact with because he's the one who separated from the flock and Hollow Bastion to taunt the boys. Mm-hmm. Oopsie Daisy. <laughs> he shows and up yeah, as not Riku in Land of Dragons. Yeah, he's just he's just a troll, basically. Exactly. <laughs> and he's wonderful. Oh my god. It's a good time. Yeah. yeah. Um He's just a ton of fun. I love how he's always antagonizing the boys, because um, he just Roxas. likes being evil. Very similar to Lark's scene, but like not in the like such a psychotic way. Um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. This I was like, about to say he's, he's my anti-Lark scene. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, his boss fight is a ton of fun, as we mm. discussed in the data battle data battles, um, and. Yeah, he's very similar to Sykes. He has more of a presence in the plot, um, mm-hmm. so he ends up in the final four, but I, I don't know. I feel like he just has more going on than um, definitely Luxord and even Sykes to a certain extent. I don't know. I think so, hard yeah. to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I, I feel like, uh, especially with his... Uh, like we talked about the Final Mix Plus cutscene that is uh, Zexian and Zigbar. It adds right. a little bit to Ziggy. That kind of puts him, again, on the same pedestal as Syx, but with his more redeeming qualities and more fun persona, lifts him literally to the number one spot on our list. Exactly. There's... Like, he has 
all the best qualities from some of the other members who ended up at the top of the list. Like, he's got an interesting backstory. He's got a bit of a mystery to him. He's charming. He's charismatic. He's fun. He's got a He's, he's actually got a really good design with, like, the eye patch and the ponytail and the scar. And it's just like, whoa, what is going yep. on with this guy? Um, he's got a fun fighting style with, like, the anti-gravity and the sharpshooting. Um, he's got plot significance. So just all around, just a good time. He's my favorite. Like, anytime I see him on screen, I'm having a good time. Um, and he's just a good villain. And I will say no more because <laughs> I'm starting to let future games bleed into it. But yeah, I <laughs> enjoy him quite a bit. All I will say is get you a man who could do everything. Pretty much. Yeah. Oh. So yeah, that is Woo! our definitive list. Zigbar has risen from number two to number one. So congratulations to him. Mm-hmm. And congratulations to all our winners. So, yes, everybody gets a golf clap. Yeah. There are no nobodies in this crowd. <laughs> except for Alexius. Except they're, except they're all nobodies? Yeah. <laughs> for you all to right. decide. Yeah. But we still have one round of winners left to discuss, and that yes. is the highly anticipated Crownie Awards. Yay! Mm-hmm. So, these are basically random superlatives we decided on um, to throw kudos to various aspects of the game. Um, some of them are carryovers from our Kingdom Hearts 1 crownies, but most of them are new, because Kingdom Hearts 2 is a very different game. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the, the idea behind this is just kind of shine the light on some things that maybe we didn't touch on as much, but we still, um, you know, really like about the game. Um, so yeah, Crowny Wolves, let's just jump right into it with yeah, <gasps> best minigame. So mm. there's a lot of these, as Jimmy Strong would indicate. Um, most of them are really bad, but some of them are okay, <laughs> and some are even fun. So oh, what God. was your best minigame? My favorite minigame, I think, at the end of the day, is going to be Honey Slider, which is the rabbit minigame in Hundred Acre Wood. I think it's got the best combination of, like, gameplay, accessibility, music, and just overall enjoyment. It's got, it's, it's, we just talked about Zigbar and how Zigbar is kind of a culmination of the best of multiple aspects. I think Honey Slider is that for me. It's challenging okay. to the point where it can be a pain, but not so egregious that we are uh, attempting this mushroom on the 90, 90th try, and you know you want to rip your arm off at this point. So yep, I like me a honey slider. Yeah, that's a solid pick. Um, I would rank that as my number two hundred acre wood mini game, but nice. my number one, which is also my number one mini game overall, mm-hmm. is Balloon Bounce. Another um, good one. Yeah. Yes. So Honey Slider, I do enjoy because uh, it's like actually fun <laughs> compared to the usual mini games. Um, but for me, Honey Slider, it's a little too finite, and that once mm. you get it, like you get it, like it's pretty easy to get the max score. Yeah. Um, but Balloon Bounce is something like you go back to, and I actually have gone back to because it's pretty fun. Um, 
And yeah, it's like, as we discussed, it uses the core mechanics of the game, being the platforming in a way that's, you know, interesting and fun. Mm-hmm. And like you said, pretty easy to get. Like, it's not too frustrating, but there's still a decent enough challenge. Um, and I just like bouncing. So yeah, uh, balloon bounce for me, hindsight for you. And for me, honorable mention, as I so subtly tried to hush you earlier, uh, was gift wrapping <laughs> from Halloween <gasps> Town. Boop, 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 boop. Yeah, I think that one's pretty decent. Um, just because it's satisfying to get those presents wrapped. Um, Definitely. Except for when the trick-or-treaters just instantly smash them away and all your hearts <laughs> and dreams are shattered. But, oh, yeah, my hard work for nothing! Mm-hmm. So, congratulations to our winners. Uh. Up next, most memeable moment. Oh, God. <laughs> God. Uh, I, I, I feel like a lot of my memeable moments have... I don't know. I had a lot of thoughts because we have been making fun of this game for the past half a year. Yep. Um, I think a lot of them come from you, so I'll let you take the lead on this one. I'll be interested to see where we match up and where we don't. Yeah, sure. Um, so, I didn't think long and hard about this because there's yep. so many to choose from. And I, I tried Googling Kingdom Hearts 2 memes, but it was like insta regret because they were all terrible. So I just had to Aww. use my own personal memory of like what I define as a meme in terms of Kingdom mm-hmm. Hearts. Um, so my honorary mention is, "Say, fellas, did someone mention the door to darkness?" <laughs> <laughs> just because it's a classic, we all know it, we all love it, and yep. it's Kingdom Hearts to a T. <laughs> um, and it's solved meme format. Um, mm-hmm. So. I, zoom, I, I almost put it as my number one. Model. God. Yes. But there's one moment that, like, when I think about, like, just Kingdom Hearts 2 silliness that never fails to entertain, it mm-hmm. is the screen <laughs> in Agrabah uh, <laughs> overlooking the beautiful uh, city square. Uh, with Aladdin narrating, <laughs> that's why I always come here. All the sights, the people. Sorry, let me get this right. That's why I come here. The action, the people. There's always something going on, and it's it just couldn't be more comically timed with like the frame <laughs> that they freeze on, where it's literally just the background with nothing going on and no exactly. NPC, and it, 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 it's like. Agrabah got thanos basically. Uh, <laughs> just the lack of self-awareness is just mm, rich to me. God. And every time I saw upon this part, like I always take a picture with my phone to like send to whoever will listen to like, get a load of this game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Never fails God. to entertain. But. It's it, hold on to this meme because we're gonna come back to it in the future. But yeah, it's mm, it's a she she's a good in at the end of the day. Mm. Yeah. What were your memes? Show me so your memes, my, please. My favorite was your honorable mention in the oh. DTD. It's <laughs> it's 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 just it encapsulates everything. Just the delivery, <laughs> the the the, 
<laughs> the, the camera pan to Mickey's yep. static, <laughs> mysterious model. It's yep. it, it just got a little bit of everything. It just mm, it's glorious. Just it's got it's got the spice. I don't know what it has, but it's got it, baby. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Like what uh, an entrance. <laughs> God, yeah. Especially earlier, seeing seeing Mickey's cool badass entrance from the end of Sora's first leg of Twilight Town, and yep. then c- cut to cut several to hours later, and just. <laughs> just Mickey essentially kicking take kicking down the theoretical and literal door being like I exist don't you know yep. and he couldn't pick a worse time to come in yep and I'm, exactly. I'm, I'm here for it I'll take it <laughs> oh my gosh uh, oh, I'm, I'm, it's, it's, I'm, it's hurting to laugh and smile now oh my god yeah, but uh, uh, speaking of laughing and smiling my honorable mention is the Sora face squish from after the f- first Xemnas fight in the triage of Xemnas fights at the end of the game. Like this. Yeah. One, a, per- a perfect gift, a perfect still image to send to somebody as a meme, not as a meme moment, but like, again, uh-huh. as like a response or reaction to something. Uh, and two, uh, because up until this point, uh, Riku has been edgy sad boy, less edgy sad boy, back to being edgy sad boy and he's he has this a moment that i think we, we we play up we definitely play up in our minds but he's just like head in my hands how am i able to come back from this look at what i've done and sora's like yeah eh, he'll be fine but in the dumbest way possible it, it's just mm, love yep. it it follows the tradition of sora's silly faces so you love to see yes oh Alrighty, next up, favorite limit, which is a mm. Kingdom Hearts 2 exclusive mechanic, so figure we should talk about it a little bit. Yeah. Um, so my stance on limits is pretty clear and that most of them are pretty underwhelming, but there are a few good ones. Um, so it was a close call for my number one, but in the end, I settled on, for an honorable mention, uh, setup, which is Tron's limit. Um, and that's, it's one of the few that I actually find useful, uh, most notably just like the lingering effect of the bits afterwards kind of continuing to attack enemies. But in yes. the end, there was only one that I could call my favorite and I decided on Dance Call from Mr. Jack Skellington, mm. um, because it's just a good time. So one, I find it super useful because unlike setup, um, it's more mobile, uh, like setup, you kind of can get stuck where like you move very slow and then you can't actually catch the enemies. But here with dance call, like you move pretty fast and your AOEs are pretty large. But also, just I feel like it just encapsulates encapsulates um, Jack's character like perfectly with like his attack just being a choreographed mm. dance number. And I also yes. love it when Sword does silly things like the aforementioned face squish. Um, yep. So, like, a lot of the limits are him being cool with, like, Orin's limit or Beast, but then some of them are pretty fun. So, like, this, yep. him, you know, letting Jack lead and then twirling him is just pretty silly, um, and I love to see it. And, yeah, like I said, I find it to be pretty useful, and obviously I have an affinity for Halloween, and this whole yeah. limit is about summoning the spooky spirits, which is a good time, um... 
And yeah, I like the finishing move to like the ta-da. So overall, um, this is one of the few limits that I actually use consciously. So yep, bravo. <laughs> what about you? Um, I would like to start running executable because setup is my favorite Ooh. one. Uh, yeah. And similar to Fair. your affinity to Halloween Town, I definitely have an affinity to Tron in Kingdom Hearts 2. Unfortunately, yep. I do not like 1982's Tron the movie. Um, but like you mentioned setup, so I won't go into too much detail, but it encompasses a lot of what a good limit should entail. So yes. bada bing bada boom. That's that, that it is what it is. Uh, my backup is going to be probably what I consider one of the best limits, and that is Eternal Session. Because one, Sora Riku for life. Uh, I think Session also benefits because it has two finishers, per se, or two phases to it. There's the initial uh, X uh, X and triangle buttons commands, but then you go into a second set, and then you have your screen-wide like beam attack plus magnet. So I think it benefits from being one of the most useful, much how we enjoy setup and enjoy dance call. And it's, I think it's very much a cherry on top of getting Riku to be a playable party member in two. So yeah, all together, it just, it just, it just comes together perfectly. So yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. Next up, favorite world command menu. Yes. Do you explain this one a little bit? I feel like we didn't talk about this too, too much, but yeah, in Kingdom Hearts 2, your command menu changes appearance based on the world you're in, and sometimes based on the room you're in. Yeah. And so this award goes to whichever command menu we like the best. Um, so I actually have a few honorable mentions here, so I'll just go through them really quickly. Go for it, yeah. Um, so Space Paranoids purely um, mm. based on the aesthetic I just think in terms of just like the static look of that one I think it looks it's one of the best looking ones uh, and it fits the world theme really well uh, so that one's all uh, Hundred Acre Wood was interesting to me because mm. uh, it uh, what ends up kind of like making them stand out to me is just like the little details and Hundred Acre Wood has them in spades so like if yes. you go and actually click into the different menus, so like magic items, drive, etc. Hundred Acre Wood actually has a few different animations for each of them, which is like so above and beyond because most of them you would never need to use in that world. Like you don't exactly, need to use yeah. summons or drives or limits, but like they still have these little touches. So like, mm. uh, like one of them, like little mushrooms will sprout out. So like the whole aesthetic is like, it's a tree and like tree branches whenever you open the new menu. So like mushrooms will sprout out or like bees will fly. And then like every time you close the menu or like switch it, the like honey will drip over the top of the menu. And so yeah, just a little, a lot of fun little details. And I was like, Oh, that's totally cute. Um, Halloween Town for a very similar reason. Um, yep. Overall, I don't really care too much for the design, but when you open up a menu, um, you'll see the trademark Tim Burton ducky. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, which, in the context of Halloween Town or Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, it's one of the presents you see 
the making during the making Christmas song. But yeah, it shows up in a few Tim Burton movies. And I just appreciate yeah. that detail because I think we pointed it out in Kingdom Hearts 1. You could see it, I think it's in the evil playroom in the background, which is like a fun little detail. So it's like, hey, it's from the movie. Uh, but here yep. they just found a way to snuck it in. Uh, so I like that. Um, Twilight Towns is fun because it's got the trains going up top, which is very on theme. And then when you're yep. in battle, the trains go faster. So I thought that was a cute little touch. Mm. Um, and then in a much smaller section of Twilight Town, the white room slash the memory pod room. Um, I just appreciate because the little icons next to each tab are uh, the cards from Chain of Memories. So that's a nice little callback. Whew. So that was my own don't like Chain of Memories. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But my favorite ended up being the Pride Lands. Because, one, I feel like the design fits the world really well, because it's got the whole circle of life aesthetic going with different animal silhouettes kind of marching along. Um, so that's fun. But what sealed the deal for me is when you go into battle mode, which most command menus will just, like, turn yellow or, like, some small detail will change. It's pretty subtle. But here, when you go into battle mode and enemies appear, all the usual animals change into hyenas, and then, because there'll be, like, mm -hmm. trees in the background, too, then the trees, like, turn into, like, dead trees, like, you know, the desecrated Pride Lands. So, I just thought that was a genius touch, and I was like, ah, oh, beautiful. So, that is my favorite command menu. <laughs> Wowza. Whoa. Yeah. How about you? Maybe maybe it's one of my honorable mentions. I'm curious. <laughs> uh, I mean, you kind of covered everything in spades, so I won't go into too detail. Uh, the White Room is my personal favorite. Uh, and Ooh, Lily just said nice. how much we don't like Calm. But just, just, just for being there, just for being, like, it's one tiny area we didn't need a whole ass command exactly. menu. But yep. we got it. And I just... I very much appreciate that. And then for the, yeah. also for aesthetics, Space Paranoids hit my uh, honorable mentions list. And it was, uh, yep. Yeah, nice. It just, it just fits very well. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. One of the smaller details of KH2 that I really appreciate. Um, which brings us to our next category. Best glow up. Mm. <laughs> um, so, you could define this award in a few different ways. Uh... But for us, it's basically uh, whatever improved the most between Kingdom Hearts 1 or 2, or at least improved in a way that you appreciated the most. So this could be mm -hmm. anything from, like, my original idea was, like, you know, Sora's new outfit. Like, which character got the best new outfit to something as broad as, like, oh, like, the magic system or, like, oh, like, you know, one of the worlds, like one of the returning worlds has done so much better in Cage 2 than 1. So like you can take this mm -hmm. in a lot of different ways. Um, so for me, uh, you know, piggybacking off the last category, uh, yeah, the command menus, I think, objectively are one of the best glow-ups because in Cage 1, it was just a standard command menu. It was either blue or red, and it was the same one throughout the whole game. That's all you got. Whereas here, they went through the effort of designing each and every one and giving them all these cute little details, and it's just really fun. And I like it. Mm. Uh, another honorable mention was Keyblades. So I think some people would disagree with me. <laughs> but yeah, I think Kingdom Hearts 2 sort of set the standard for what 
Keyblade design should be. And there's subsequent games deviate from that, um, in some ways for the worse. Uh, <laughs> but like for the most part, it kind of sets like the general like principle behind Keyblade design. Um, and I do enjoy Kingdom Hearts 2 Keyblades more. I think they're a little more interesting than most of the KH1 Keyblades. But I also yeah. like how they have abilities now. Um, and although most abilities kind of suck on Keyblades, I just like the idea of it because it makes certain Keyblades viable throughout the whole game, uh, which is nice because in Kingdom Hearts 1, a lot of it just boils down to whichever one has the best stats. Um, yeah. So I like that. But in the end, my best glow up was Summons. Because mm, to say it, I think Kingdom Hearts 2 has the best summon system and that I actually use these summons. Uh, I will say it does a terrible job of explaining summons, as we discussed before, but, like, basically they're just passive allies, so they, like, replace your party members, but, like, the fact that they stay around is fun, as opposed yes. to just, like, instantly using them, and then they go away, and then they all, like, fight in different ways, so, like, they're just more useful than they are in any of the other games, I think. Um, and Stitch is just A++. Oh. I mean... You can't go wrong. Like, he's way better than any of the KH1 summons. Um, yep. So, yeah. To me, summons are, like, the biggest noticeable, like, whoa. Um, but how about you? What do you think Kingdom Hearts 2 did best over its predecessors? So, it's kind of a broad stroke, but just combat in general. This goes from... Yep. Uh, I guess I won't include the equipment because that includes a lot of things. That that would literally encompass everything you just said. I don't want to just steal your thunder and be like, yep. I would like the same things. Uh, I think combat is more fluid, but it's its whole different monster. So in one, and this is not to say that Kingdom Hearts 1's combat is not cool nor fun at the end of the day. Uh, I really like 1's combat and Final Mix only added with the amount of abilities and finishers we got. Um, yep. But two just does it still feels like a whole other beast in terms of adding reaction commands. Uh, I won't get into the keyblades, but like you mentioned, that's a huge part of it. Uh, the drives at the end of the day, everything feels very cohesive. But also, what plays into that is also the enemies as well. So again, it's it's a very broad stroke, but there's also a lot of things that theoretically could go wrong. Um, as we've mentioned throughout the, the playthrough, there are plenty of times we can exploit things because of certain ways how combat works. There are just certain ways how, like, you can interact with the environment with the, with the tools you have. But at the end of the day, I think that's what makes the game the most fun. So I just got to, I, I tip my hat to, to all of it at the end of the day. It's, uh, yep. it's just fun. Yeah, I think most people would say that is, like, the biggest improvement over one, which I understand. <laughs> but me, personally, yep. I like KH1's combat system better, so... And, I, yeah. In good consciousness, I couldn't have picked that, but it, it's definitely a good pick for sure. Because, um, yeah, like, everything I said about, um, like, you know, the Keyblade designs in KH2 sort of standard, standardizing for the rest of the series. That's, yeah, yeah. that's what KH2 did for the rest of the series, where, like, every other game's combat system is some sort of tweak on what Kingdom Hearts 2 established. So yeah. Um, and, yeah, it just it just feels good to play. Like, you, 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 just, you can't deny it, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I will give you that. 
Alrighty, so similarly, uh, favorite reaction command, talking about oh, the spicy, stylish, high-octane action of Kingdom Hearts 2. Uh, yeah, reaction commands. Those are a thing. Some people love them, some people hate them. Uh, we're going to talk about our favorites. So, yeah, I have a couple of honorable mentions for this one as well, because, yeah, there are a lot of reaction commands in this game. Most yep. of them are kind of eh, but there are a few that I was like, ooh, yeah, no, that's good. So, uh, charge, which is the command you use in the MCP boss battle uh, when Sora uses the power of lights infused with Tron's data disk to just maul the ever-living heck, the ever-living heck of the MCP, <gasps> specifically for yeah his reaction. <laughs> Just because mm, it's satisfying, you're working together with your party member, and you're just like yep. inflicting pain on this big jerk, and mm, it's just really satisfying. Yeah. Uh, and similarly, uh, slide and vertigo toss, uh, the Storm Rider boss battle, specifically for the pose Sora strikes at the end after he knocks the Storm Rider out of the air. Oh, hell yeah. It is iconic. Um, but for something a little lower key, but pretty fun. Uh, rapid Blow from the Aerial Knockers, which is interesting, because it's, <laughs> for all our knocks against it, it's a Pride Lands exclusive um, reaction command, uh, where you just kind of ping-pong to the, um, um, the what, what are they called? The Aerial Knockers. Is that even their name? The Punching Bag Birds. Or the, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, no you're right. They're Aerial Knockers. Aerial Knockers, yeah. okay. It just didn't feel right when I said it the second time. But yeah, <laughs> you just kind of warp to them and just ping, Ping, which is fun. Uh, I like it. Um, and then this was close. This was almost my number one, but it didn't quite get it. Uh, basically, the whole chain of reaction commands for the Cerberus boss fight, uh, dog paddle, oh, yeah, and yeah, it's just satisfying. Specifically, once you rip the Keyblade out of its mouth and then jump up, the pose he strikes where he like rears the Keyblade and then charges his heart power and then. Oh, it's so satisfying. It's like the perfect trailer moment because I remember it from all the trailers. And like, yep. just in my everyday life, I'll just reenact that pose for some reason <laughs> just to like channel my energy. And it's great. Yeah. Uh, but number one for me is Dual Stance of Samurai mm. Fame and to a lesser extent Roxas. Uh, one, it's cool. It's samurai action. The screen goes black. Spotlight. It's just one on one. Um, but mostly because this is like the only reaction command with any sort of skill involved. <laughs> yep. Aside from, I guess, any of like the gambler stuff. But that's more annoying than skill. Even though it's kind yeah. of the same principle. But like, exactly. Just having the reflexes to actually select the end. And it just like makes for such a tense moment, but then the roar is so satisfying when you nail it, and then you like take them out instantly, and like, oh, it's just so good. Um, so yeah, I think that's my favorite. Mm. What about you? <laughs> so personally, I uh, for my honorable mentions, uh, surprisingly, uh, nothing you ever actually talked about. Ooh. I speed trap and slash aeroblade from the rapid yep. thrusters. It's just always a fan favorite. I have a lot of memories of. <laughs> R.I.P. Big rapid thruster cloud in the sky. You will be missed. Yep. Uh, even though it's it's still in the Coliseum fight, um, but just doing that with like a literal ass ton of aerial not, not aerial lockers, rapid thrusters is just so satisfying. It's, it always just 
it just it's a, it's a feels good hence why it's here uh this is a feel feels good but also a bit of a bias is learn and jump from the dragoons and zaldin oh, um yeah. especially yeah, how we get one. to basically abuse the mechanic in zaldin's fight by yes. just learning so much so intensely uh yep. and then just eviscerating zaldin uh, is is very fun at the end of the day but at the end of the game there is one reaction command to rule them all. What could it be? And it is also dual stance for basically Ooh. the exact same reasons. <laughs> it's, it's fun. It's cinematic. It's skill-based. Yep. Yeah. Ugh. No. 100% agreement. So. Yep. Congratulations. The end. Uh, <laughs> please don't stab me. <laughs> all righty coming up favorite kingdom arts 2 exclusive keyblade yeah. which is to say kingdom key oathkeeper uh oblivion don't count because we already awarded them in kingdom arts 1's crannies um, <laughs> yep so they have to be brand new keyblades to kingdom arts 2 um so i won't dwell this too much because we've covered all of these um thus far and i've already made my opinions known but yeah, for me, pretty close second, Star Seeker. Um, I don't know. I just really like this one because it's just kind of a dark horse where when you first see it, you're like, okay, what is the point of this Star Keyblade? Like, I don't really yeah. get it. But then, I don't know, it just grows on you over time. And then, like, you just start noticing the details, like the handle being the shooting stars and, like, the moon as, like, the teeth and, like... It just has, like, kind of an oddball design to it, which I really appreciate in my Keyblades. Um, yeah. And I'll, I'll admit, I'm cheating a little. I'm letting future games impact my decision. Um, but this Keyblade comes back in an interesting way. Uh, yes. So, yeah, I don't know. I just really like it because, like, it's an original design, but it still feels Kingdom Hearts. And I feel like yeah. that's what a Keyblade should be. Um, but for my number one, and one of my favorite Keyblades in the whole series, uh, definitely top three, is Decisive mm. Pumpkin. For all the reasons I mentioned in our Halloween Talent episode. Um, yeah. I like it stat-wise. <laughs> it's a really fun, off-kilter design. Uh, it's like the perfect blend of like the Halloween Town and the Christmas Town, as we discussed in our world rankings yep. earlier. Um, it's got a nice uh, zero as a keychain, uh, and sleigh bells. You hear them whistling, you hear pain. It's just got all the nice bells and whistles, and yeah. I appreciate it. So, Decisive Pumpkin is the decisive winner in my heart. <gasps> mm. well, but what did you well, decide? Well, well, well. Uh, for my honorable mention, it's uh, surprisingly a Final Mix exclusive. I really, 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 really like Two Becomes One. I yep. wish I could use it much more often, yeah. but at the end of the day, <laughs> the the stats and the design are just just so peak for me personally. Like yeah. it, again, it, it is the Roxas Keyblade, despite the fact that Roxas Keyblades are Oblivion and Oathkeeper. Uh, yep. But yeah, it just encompasses a lot. It's it's a nice memento to get at the end of the journey. When Droxus and Sora do collide together, essentially, so it's kind of a a good story moment as well as like it's like it's a good trophy to remind you of what has happened so far in the story, and is also a useful keyblade at the end of the day. 
And, uh, God, for my, for my number one, it is a split decision. And I, I will split it between international release and final mix. Uh, oh. for, for international, I have to give it up to Sweet Memories. I rocked the Everlip. I wore this Keyblade down to the blunt ends. I <laughs> used it so frequently in an international version for that yep. lucky lucky and it didn't matter if this if the strength was absolute booty butt cheeks yep. if the magic was decent it, it it just really spoke to me and i really did enjoy it and it'll always have a very very special special place in my heart yep that being well, said is... for final mix fenver does take the cake oh uh, yeah what can I, what can I say? You read me like a book. Um, very funny. This is probably this, I probably hated this Keyblade in, in international release, but going through all the final mix stuff, going through all the end game stuff, trying to go for what is essentially a completionist run. Fenrir is clutch. So uh, I've got I've it's a total one eighty. Uh, I do love this Keyblade. I loved the aesthetic beforehand. That's the that was originally its only saving grace. But I cannot yep. deny how useful it is. So he earns a spot right up there with his honey-soaked brethren. <laughs> About as far opposite ends of the spectrum as you could get in terms of keyblade design. So <laughs> exactly, yeah, <laughs> love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, solid choices for sure. I agree. I do like Sweet Memories a lot. I do like Fenrir a lot. Um, so. Oh, nice keyblades all around. Yeah. All right, we've only got three awards left, and they're the highest honors we have to give. It's the big three. So, next up, we have favorite boss. Ooh. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I won't spend too much time talking about this, because, again, we have discussed these in <laughs> much, much, much depth throughout all the yeah. episodes but just a friendly reminder of where we landed um so for me honorable mention hydra from, from olympus coliseum for many of the reasons mm. i appreciate cerberus from king rocks one where it's like a real landmark fight in terms of it's like the big boss fight of like the first round of worlds um yeah where like you're still early game so your stats aren't super good so it's like actually a pretty decent challenge but, like, also just the spectacle of it and, like, everyone working together and, like, it's, like, one of the biggest bosses in the game. And just, like, the fact that that they brought the Hydra in as, like, kind of an optional fight. Like, it's not, like, it's the main uh, villain, right? Like, exactly, I like it yeah. when they bring in, like, some of the sub-characters from the movies as, like, actual bosses. So, like, that was a solid pick. Um, and, yeah, get up on the Hydra's back. Classic meme. Get up on the Hydra's Could have been a memeable moment. Speaking of, oh yeah, speaking of memeable moments. That's another... Yeah. Unfortunately, it's just a voice line, but like, ugh. Yeah. Ugh, <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. But, but yeah. my number one favorite boss ended up being uh, Demix, which, you know, mm. maybe him being my favorite organization member played a well, well, or well. second favorite. Uh, but no, um, I... I just think it's a good boss design, first of all, but also just like, just him asking, acting as like a skill check of like, hey, you've probably been coasting through this game for the most part, but yeah, you're gonna have to get serious now and like really learn this combat system if you want to mm -hmm. actually finish this thing. Um, so, great fight, 
Uh, great moment. Love it all around. Uh, yeah, nothing else to say there. Is it good? Yeah, but what about yeah. you? Who are your so picks? So, in a similar regard to what you like, the Demix fight, I I have a particular real affinity for the Axel fight. So, I guess this this encompasses the second Axel fight with Roxas that culminates. I did consider in, this one, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then the prologue, and then also the data version as well. Um, it's just, it's solid. It's, I mean, a lot of the things that we've been, like, showing respect to and praising the knights, this kind of is one of those. It it It's just a good story beat, as well as a good overall fight, uh, especially in terms of the, the prologue, the closing up the prologue, being Roxas throwing, like, essentially throwing the past over his shoulder and coasting towards something that he desires. And unfortunately, that does mean stomping Axel into the damn dirt. Uh, sorry, buddy, it's been real. Um, but uh, the Dookie Blades, obviously an iconic moment. Two? Yep. A- another, another, another memeable moment. <laughs> yeah, I consider uh, that one as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Axel's uh, the floor is lava. C- c- keeps you on your toes, um, especially especially in the data fight. Holy crap! Um, but yeah, it's just really good all around, especially the data fight. Like it was one of the uh, the transition between the OG and the data wasn't. It was a nice uh, difficulty curve. It wasn't insane or it plateaued. I thought it had a very nice. Uh, diff, diff, difficulty curve to it, so I, I very much appreciated that. And uh, to to skip ahead, and I, I've talked about this at great length, so I won't go into it anymore, but I, I still love the Roxas fight to the death. It's it's just, it's almost a perfect fight, in my opinion. And I, yeah. just, I love it, I love it to bits. Oh, Yep, it's a good one, I'm sure. A lot of people would say that's their favorite um, unless they hated it for being so hard, but I think that's a point in the fight's favorite, personally. Mm. So, yeah, good picks all around. Yeah, surprisingly, slash not surprising, it's the organization fights, um, because they're definitely the best in the game. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, on to our next big winner. Uh, mm. best music track. Um, mm. so, soundtrack. I feel like we haven't talked about that too too much because it's kind of hard to talk about music um just like as conversation <laughs> so yeah. it good um but yeah we have a few tracks here that are quite good um so i have a lot of honorable mentions so i'm just gonna kind of run through them real quick uh tension rising yeah. uh most notably mm-hmm. the twilight thorn boss fight theme Da-da-da-da-da. It's got a nice beat to it, really gets you pumped. Uh, Working Together, a.k.a. Uh, our whole theme song for this game. It's just it's just so catchy, it's so uplifting, gets you in the mood. It's just, I think it's like Kingdom Hearts 2's theme, which is why we picked this one for our opening number. It's just yes. good stuff. Uh, organization 13's theme and basically every battle variation it's just definitely iconic one of the best you know arrangements of the series 
uh, hazardous highway of gummy ship routes, uh, mm-hmm. the Agraba routes, and I think Halloween Town. It's just another really high yes. octane, like gets you pumped. Um, it kind of comes out of nowhere for like a gummy route, but it's like, oh, this is good. Um, space paranoids. Do 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 just for being funky and weird, but like really fitting and yeah, catchy and good. Um, basically everything that plays once the credits start, uh, so Fantasia a la March, uh, very good. Um, but then Fate of the Unknown, which is the theme of the super duper secret ending, which is very Mm -hmm. emotional. Um, and similarly, Rage Awakened, aka the Lingering Will boss fight music. Uh, it's a good thing it's so good, because you're sure going to be hearing a lot of it. Um, but my second... My number two pick, the highest of the honorable mentions, but not quite my favorite. Uh, Dearly Beloved. Uh, I didn't pick it for number one because it kind of feels like a cheat because it's not a Kingdom Hearts 2 original. But this is my favorite version of Dearly Beloved because I feel like it's just, mm, it just has so much emotion to it. And like it improves on, well, maybe not improves, but like the way it evolves it from the first game is just like so mm, to me. It's just good. Um, <laughs> but my favorite uh, is the instrumental version of Sanctuary, which plays over the menu trailer because, whew, what a roller coaster ride of feeling that song is. Starting mm. off really slow and melancholic and pondering and moving up to more fast paced and thrilling and exciting, all the way up to the big, exciting climax. Mm, it's good, and like when it's been a while since I played Kingdom Hearts two, and I just think back on it, I think of this song in terms of like all the feelings that are attached to it. Um, mm, it's just so good. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that is my favorite. But you really can't go wrong with any of these. <laughs> so I'm very curious what so, your yeah. picks were. Oh, so. Uh... I had I had such a hard time narrowing it down. I just managed to narrow it to a top three, which uh, I I am impressed Ooh. with. Yeah, uh, me too. But it, it was it was a re- it was a real struggle. Some could say it was the thirteenth struggle. Um, <gasps> yeah. So if I had to pick one of the org fight musics, I think the thirteenth struggle is, is is my favorite hands down. It, it, it's also the first we're introduced to at the end of the day, but. But yeah, so still, this plays over the... Axel's, <sighs> which is one of your favorite boss fights. Um, yes, it does. I think that's also my favorite of the battle themes, but again, you can't go wrong with any of them. But yeah, this is a solid choice. Yes. <laughs> um, it's just the right... It's the. It's, it's funny enough because there's there's literally a track called Tension Rising you just talked about. Uh, it's the right, correct mix of like tension... Like livelihood, energy—it just all culminates in this, yep. like such so, a universal track to be using. So I just, oh, it, 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 I love it every time. Uh, the runner-up was Rage Awakened, um, a fan of, a, you know, obviously a fan favorite and a personal favorite as well. It's funny because I knew of this track, and but I never knew it originated from Lingering Will until years and years and years later. So now having bested Lingering Will, I have even much more love for this wonderful, wonderful music track. And surpri- <laughs> surprisingly, not not surprisingly whatsoever, 
Uh, my favorite track is gonna be Rocks at the end of the day. Ooh. It's such a good theme. I, I, I do like Sora's theme, and I do like Riku's theme, but at the end of the day, I think Roxas has the best character theme, in my opinion. And, it's all and, unquestionably. Uh, yes, and, and the renditions, because, spoiler alert, there's going to be other renditions of this theme, so, uh, in particular, the one that plays during the Roxas boss fight is The Other Promise, yep. um, and there are others that exist I won't go into depth into, but it's just, it's... Ugh. I don't want to say anywhere we'll be here for a while, I just... It hits me yeah. every time. I can't help it. Yeah, it's a good one, for sure. So, yeah. the real crowning goes to Miss Yoko Shimamura, who, as far as I'm concerned, is a goddess among men, because just mm. everything she touches turns to gold. So, yes. I mean, like, I think I've said it before, but like this, I don't, I firmly believe this series will not be held in as high regard as it is without the soundtrack. So, yeah. A lot of, especially we talked about too, because it's not really a place to talk about it in our format, but at the end of the day, it's a lot of the music that is, especially, yep. God, now that we're getting into the uh, the gap between two and three, the, uh, yep. the dark times, like, it, this is one of the reasons people revisited and held Cage to its regard is because of just how memorable the tracks have been. So, you gotta sure. give credit where credit's sure. due, man. Yeah. Alrighty, it's time for the big award. Mm. Best story moment. So, I thought it'd be fitting just to like pick out which moment hits the most for us throughout the game, and there's plenty to choose from. So, I was thinking through it, and I don't know, Kingdom Hearts 2 is a weird one, because like, the plot's actually as much as people complain about it, it's actually pretty straightforward in terms of, like, you know, how the story progresses and, like, twists and turns. Like, there aren't really, like, two major shakeups. Like, everything kind of progresses toward, you know, the world that never was and everything happens there. Um, so for me, I was just picking, looking for a moment that, like, had more of an emotional resonance. Yeah. So... My honorable mention um, was Sora getting his new outfit in the Mysterious Tower. Mm. Mostly because of the cool factor, but also just a sign of like, oh yeah, baby, Kingdom Hearts 2 is here. We've got our new outfit. Sora's ready to go. We're about to set off. Like, it's just an exciting moment. It's literally, yeah, it's literally putting the key into the ignition at that point. Because KH2 is a go, baby. Exactly. Like, they, ugh, the way they build up to, like, the actual Sora part is just mm, so good. Um, so, I love that moment. Um, but, for me, my favorite moment in terms of, like, makes you feel something is simply two words, which are, your home, aka, well, the last line of dialogue in the game, but that's not true. Yep. We have all sorts of post credit scene shenanigans. But, um, yeah, no. It's just, it's just the culmination of everything. It's it's the whole point of the journey thus far. Like, we're mm-hmm. home. We did it. It's like Frodo casting the rings into the fire, not Mordor. <laughs> you know, it's done. Like, we did it. You're back. But also just the fact that like, it's a play off of we're back, and then Kyrie's telling Sora you're home. She's like affirming mm-hmm. to him like, you did it. Like. 
you made it back. And he fulfilled his promise, and everything's right in the world, and it's all good, and this, this is what he's been looking for the whole time. He just wanted to get back home with his friends, and he did it through the strength of heart. It's just so It's, di- it's diddly done. And just the, the shots uh, overlaying it with, you know, the hand-in-hand with the Oath Keeper is just pitch perfect in my book. So, yeah, my favorite moment. So... What about you? Lots to choose from. <laughs> oh, so my runner-up is, I think, a curveball for most people. I don't think I wouldn't say it's uh, like divisive whatsoever, but it means a lot to me personally. And that is Oren's appearance or first appearance Ooh. in the game. Like, uh, it's just well, what? And it's funny because you played ten right before we started playing Cage Two. So now you understand the significance of Orin rising from the ashes, or the fires, if you want to, or pyres, if you want to be a Final Fantasy X nerd. But yeah, Orin coming back to life, I think, is a big moment for uh, me, personally. A character who is literally passed on, coming back, I think is a very interesting touch, you know, a good area to pull from, uh, as well as the fact that, hey, it's just like, yo... You're gonna work for me now, and yeah, we've seen this shtick. Oh, Cloud fell to the dark. I didn't fall to the darkness, but Cloud fell for this nonsense. Orin's like, yeah, about that, buddy. I'm gonna have to take a rain check. Yep. Um, the like, this is my story, and you're not a part of it. Is the sickest burn in Kingdom Hearts to this date. I mean, I mean, probably my favorite too, at the very least. Uh, we'll see about that going forward. But uh, altogether, I just, I just really like it. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, so not too far off from your home, uh, I think my favorite story moment is going to be uh, the scene once Riku and Sora cross over into the dark margin in the realm yeah. of darkness. Um, the journey, the, uh, the, the journey is complete in air quotes. Um, we've, we've made it to supposedly the end. And finally... Uh, the boys get to sit down and talk about the feelings and have a little catch-up. Um, but there's just a lot of minor character, like, culmination in the Dark Margin of, uh, you know, Riku and Sora being like, you're my best friend. Uh, and as well as, uh, I think it's a good character moment for Riku, who is, again, I think Riku has the best arc of the franchise. I'm not going to delve into that, obviously. But uh, to get where he is, but also with the help of Sora and acknowledging Sora, where when we were first introduced, Riku, despite being Sora's best friend, is like, you're the sand beneath my sneakers, asswipe. And Sora's like, yeah, we're best friends, right? Yeah, pretty much. I think altogether is, it's a great acknowledgement, and I think altogether uh, a great moment, even with the uh, Dayaness Machina. Because they, I mean, they accept, like, you know what? Everything is probably safe. I guess we'll live out our days in darkness. Yeah. They're making Making lemonade, for sure. <sighs> yeah, that's a good pick. Um, just because, like... I mean, for the most part, the ending's, like, super straightforward. Like, they all lived happily ever after. And, like, most, you know, video game endings, especially, are pretty much that. Like, okay, they resolved everything. But, like, yeah, just having this little moment between the two characters, just, like, mm-hmm. a really nice way to cap everything. Like, it feels like 
in terms of like, you know, emotional and like character arcs, like it feels like there's a lot there, even though there's not much, you know, plot left or like story yeah. left to tell. But like, it's just like a nice way to like literally book in the series as the final sort of screen grab in the credit shows where King Mars 1, it was Sora and Kairi on the dock at Disney Islands and the scene from very early in the game. Um, whereas yep. here, it shows Riku and Sora on the beach, uh, which is the end of Kingdom Hearts 2. So, yeah, it's just a nice way of showing how everything's come full circle. So, yeah, that is it's a good pick, for sure. Ah, you gots to love it. Yeah, so, yeah, dams to Story Beach, everyone. So that was our last award for the evening. So congratulations to all our winners. Keep an eye out for your complimentary fruit baskets. <laughs> <laughs> but the real winner is us, the players, for being able to experience such a joyful game. So, mm. with that being said, our journeys come to a close for now. So, yeah, let's just take a few minutes, sort of wrap up our feelings on the game as a whole. So... Yeah, for me, I have a bit of a bit of a complicated relationship with Cage 2 where I do love it. You know, it's it's part of me. I I have to accept that. I can't deny it. Um, and just the nostalgia is just mm, so real. And like I play, it's probably my most played PlayStation 2 game besides Kingdom Hearts. Um, just yeah, it's an excellent game. Most people say it's their favorite of the series, and I totally understand that. But it's just so different from KH1 in so many ways. Um, the story overall, as I was saying, like it's pretty straightforward, and for the most part, like it does drag a lot for me. Like when you mm-hmm. think about it, like <laughs> what does Kingdom Hearts two? Like what is Kingdom Hearts two about? Aside from let's start the org- stop the organization, let's find Riku. Yeah, yeah. Like the plot is like nothing to write home about, whereas I feel like in Kingdom Hearts 1 it was a much more self-contained story. Like, Kingdom Hearts 2 was let's wrap up Kingdom Hearts 1 and sprinkle little breadcrumbs for everything else. Uh, Which is fine. Um, But it's still my second favorite game of the series. Like, it's still a great time. I still have a really fun time every time I play it. So I have a lot of personal gripes, but I gripe because I care. (laughs) Um, And just... It's still amazing to me, like, what an accomplishment it is for, like, a PlayStation 2 game. Like, I think the Mm -hmm. graphics are amazing. I think, like, the gameplay is, like, just, like, so smooth. And, like, the boss fights in particular is just, like, so impressive. Like, people still play this game to this day for a reason. Like, it's still very big. Like, speed running and, like, you know, like, challenge runs and, like, randomizers and everything. Because it's just fun to play. Whereas I feel like KH1 doesn't have that Kuwait as much. Um... Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's just, like, really impressive on a technical level, and, yeah, I like it quite a lot. (laughs) You like Krabby Patties, don't you, Squidward? (laughs) Yeah, so, really don't have too much else to say about it, other than, hey, if you like Kingdom Hearts 1, you're probably gonna like this one, maybe even more. So, definitely a high point for the series, for sure. I think this will be interesting going forward. I 
I, I KH2 is still my favorite. This, speaking of those people who love Kingdom Hearts 2 and it's their favorite, hello, I'm right here. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I I really do love Kingdom Hearts 2 to death. Um, it'll be very interesting revisiting these to see if that shakes. I think I said that when we started playing or doing all of this in general. It'll be interesting to see if my my love and my rankings are shaken up whatsoever. Um, yeah. So far, uh, even with the most n- n- monotonous, boring things, I it's KHU holds a candle that's very hard to catch up with. So yeah. uh, this torch is gonna keep on running, and that's what she'll do. I mean, we've we've been we've been talking twenty eight episodes about how how fun Kingdom Hearts two is. So uh, I'll leave it at that but uh yeah uh revisiting it has not dampened my spirits when it comes to this title whatsoever so oh yeah it's, for sure uh, it burns bright in this heart baby it yeah bright. it's it's endlessly replayable in my book um mm. so yeah so that's that about does it it's been a long ride but we have approached the end of the road Ah. Uh, Nothing left to do now but sit on a beach. <laughs> so yeah, that's oh, that's that everyone. Another yeah. one for the books. So <laughs> next time, ooh, next time, who lordy? Uh, yeah, our next game in the series is three five eight days over two of Nintendo DS fame. Mm. <laughs> so this will be interesting because I've not played days before. I've only yeah. seen all the cutscenes, but gameplay wise, it'll be a brand new experience. So mm, that'll be very interesting indeed. But yeah. you're gonna have to wait a little bit because, as we announced in last week's episode. We're going to take a mini hiatus here, something of a uh, uh, spring break, if you will. Um, so yeah, we're just going to press pause so we can recharge a little bit. Um, shouldn't be too, too long, um, but enough time. Just Like I said, it's going to be a brand new game for me, so I just want to come at it with a like fresh perspective instead of just jumping into it immediately. Um, yep. So yeah, stay tuned. Stay subscribed so you know when we come back. Um, and yeah, keep an eye out for potential mini-sodes in the time to come where we'll just do smaller, funner topics here and there to kind of bide our time until the big return. Um, but yeah, the time will come eventually. Yep. But in the meantime, you can email us at khbhpodcast at gmail.com if you have any thoughts on the matter what's your big wrap up to KH2 who would you give your cronies to mm-hmm. you can also tell a friend we now have 56 episodes to binge on if you haven't joined the ride so far so yeah, I'm a Kingdom Hearts friend uh, let them know and yeah that's that is that. Any mm. other closing thoughts for the good people? Play Kingdom Hearts. Play Kingdom Hearts. You heard it here, folks. Do the thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for listening, as always. And yeah, we'll see you soon. Don't forget. 
April uh, uh, 20th anniversary event. Maybe there'll be some interesting announcements. Fingers crossed. Um, Because, yeah, maybe we'll have something to talk about when we come back. But maybe a little schmackerel, perhaps. Yeah. If not, business as usual. We'll be back with days. Eventually. Eventually. Oh, also, PSA, do not buy Kingdom Hearts intro Mobius strip version (laughs) 3.56 cloud version on the Switch (laughs) because it runs like poo-poo and it's way overpriced. So... Do not recommend it, uh, even if that's the only way you can play the games. Like, just get a used PlayStation 4 or 3, even, and just get the games there, because they'll run so much better, and you don't have to worry about laggy <laughs> internet. So just don't, don't do it, kids. Please don't fall for the trap. It's a scam. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and if we stopped one person from making that mistake, I'll consider a good deed done. <laughs> a victory! All right. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye, everybody.